Hello, and welcome to episode 179, this July 3rd on the Gaming Fix podcast. I am your host for the day, <laughs> Allison, here with Pat. This is uh, much more competent than what I'm used to, so. <laughs> Thanks, uh, and Alex. <laughs> I don't understand this, like, Pisces, Sun, Aries, Moon thing meme that's it's going a, around. It's astrology. Yeah. I, I but I don't understand astrology, so none of the things that people are writing make sense to me. So basically, it's, it's like you have your different signs for each of those. So like your sun uh-huh. sign is you're the one that you probably know, um, like okay. your main one. And then, and then you have to like do birth charts for the other ones. Um, my favorite, one of my favorite things I've ever seen on Twitter, not really picking on astrology. It's fine. It's a thing people are interested in. It's fine. I'll but one on of my it, favorite but... my favorite things ever that I've seen on Twitter is a text message conversation and it says it's like to mom and it says, Hey mom, what time was I born? And the reply uh, is yeah. stop dating her. <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> Yeah. I I don't understand any of that. Yeah, it's I, just fun. I Most don't people who are into it just think it's fun. Yeah, I don't believe it, but I think no. it's kind of fun to think about. But yeah, that's how most people who are into it look at it is like it's interesting and, and fun to think about. Like the same like thing as like personality life. tests and things. So it's like oh, those man. piss me off for those some reason, but. MBTIs, man, those can go weird, though. People are weird, but I, I think they're kind of fun to think about, but they're not. I don't take them really seriously, but people do take them very seriously I, for like job yes. stuff, which I think is stupid. And I think the MBTI stuff. I find frustrating because everyone I know got into that at the same time. And I happened to be dating at that time. And everyone, that's all they wanted to talk about when you first started talking to someone that you met, like through online dating stuff was like, what's your, what's your MBTI result? And so I just developed an intense hatred of it because it was just like, everyone was talking about it at once so i think i would probably feel that way about astrology if everyone i knew was into it but it's not it's not the case so i just think it's kind of fun and and interesting to think about versus personality tests which i think are like really frustrating to me anyways let's talk oh go for it personality tests those personality tests were invented to make money (laughs) Oh, oh yeah. like astrology no is based on like like super old like pagan Star belief. Charts. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a little more I think astrology is a lot more fun than personality tests because it's not just something somebody invented to make a bunch of money. Oh yeah. I I, I said personality tests like, hmm, let me take this free one on the internet. Oh, what character do I have a similar oh, personality to? Those are silly, but they can be fun. That's good. Yeah, where I'm also, like looking also up like made to make money, but whatever. Right. I mean, yeah. yeah, but like looking up like, ooh, what ha- what did people type these fictional characters? It doesn't mean anything, but yeah, I will that's more fun. I will agree that I guess I am similar to Frodo Baggins. I don't know why, but what Garfield character are you? <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> No Let's talk. Sad. I don't know if there's any good answer to that, really. <laughs> Normal. Lyman. What, what Liz? 
Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of Garfield characters. Oh no. Arlene? I mean, uh, I mean, is that the girlfriend? Uh, that's Liz. Oh, well, Arlene's No, the I mean, Garfield, Garfield's yeah. girlfriend. Yeah, that's the cat. I think girlfriend is like... A stretch? Is, yeah. Right, but I, but I mean, it's like, it's like the cat yeah, character no, that they yeah, made to look really weird because it's, she's the a... The cat that they female. made, yeah. Made mm-hmm. to look like weirdly sexy, and you're yeah. kind of like, I feel uncomfortable looking at this. Yep, yep, that's... We're right. like, why does this cat have weird lips like that? You're not wrong, and you I'm should confused. Say it. <laughs> what about Binky the clown? I don't know who that is. Oh, is that the like little doll? Yeah. That he has. Yeah. I don't, I don't really know. know a lot of Garfield characters, although someone in my racing group no. did link that everyone needs to buy Garfield karting during the Steam sale before it. Well, oh, that game like is fine. It is. Yeah, it is <laughs> but- fine. I know because I, I, I own em- both of them already. I I can emphatically say that game is all right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> can't say that I'll be buying it during the Steam sale, but you guys enjoy yourselves. Uh, you you could. I mean, I, like, yeah, I could. It, it's totally serviceable. It's not a bad game. Yeah, no, I, I get that, but also I, you know. Do you like already, carding game? I already own Mario Kart. I don't need another carding game that's serviceable. You know, if I you felt can, like playing a carding game, I would play Mario Kart. But you can buy the Garfield Kart lasagna bundle for a dollar and eighty six cents. <laughs> okay, that is pretty dang cheap. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Lasagna bundle. Wow, that must have been like two minutes in a marketing room. They're like, all right, guys, what do we call this? Marketing. Lasagna wonder, bundle. Sure. I wonder right. if like making okay, guys, merch bye. for like <laughs> making stuff for Garfield is super easy because you're just like, okay, what is Garfield? Mondays, bad. Lasagna, good. Okay, we got this. Good good job, everybody. Let's have an early lunch. Like doesn't like the vet. That's what marketing that's as a marketing professional, I can tell you that's how marketing works. You just boil it down that to far the... off. That's not that far <laughs> off from how it actually works. Yeah, like the lasagna bundle, you're like Wait, that's two games in there. Oh my. Okay, why am I consi- why am I considering this? This it's is a not dollar. okay. I have been in the <laughs> like, room with four people laying on the floor, staring at the ceiling, and one person writing stuff on a whiteboard, and just stream of consciousness saying whatever comes to mind. <laughs> and then eventually, one of those things was circled, and then we were done. <laughs> why does that sound weirdly fun to me? And it is why fun. Should- <laughs> <laughs> those are the fun days. Where you're just like, I don't know, let's just think of a thing and go for, go with it. Okay. And everybody at the company hates you because they're like, they just get to sit in there and have fun all the time. And we're kind of like, yeah. Legit. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, you're not wrong. Well, anyways, (laughs) everybody hates video games at a Truly, I only I only like board games and simulations. I I'm at this point where I'm just playing <laughs> golf video games, so I don't know what's what's up with with my life. Golf and That's like simulation. Mario Golf is a simulation, and then also okay. uh, still still on my mobile rhythm game, but bullshit. But you know that's where <laughs> I'm at with my life. But well, some other people have played some other things or done other things, and Alex, hi. you. Hi. Played a really mediocre mystery story. What was that? Um, I'll come back. Or do you to want to talk about something one. else? Different yeah, I'll I'll come back to the mediocre one. Okay. 
let's. I have three things on our list here. They're noted as a really mediocre mystery story, a really great mystery story, and a really good story marred by a really bad ending. So let's kind of turn it into like a poop sandwich where the poop is oh! on the outside. So okay. I'm going to start with the really good story that has a really bad ending. And um, I know what that is. <laughs> yep. Um, so I think we talked about this in March of this year. I, I want to say so. You definitely brought it up on the cast. Yeah, um, and that that is a little anime called Wonder Egg Priority, which yeah, I was pretty much. I was. I think my takeaway at that time was basically, "Hey, this seems really good, but let's let's wait to recommend it until the final episode comes out because it's coming out <laughs> in late June." Yeah, and at that point, and to this point still, I've seen one episode of it, and then at that, I was, when you told me that, I was like, okay, I'll hold off till the final episode. Yeah. And, and it's, like, I think I would maintain my recommendation. Mm, um, where, that's interesting. Where, where, like, I think if you watch that show up until where they kind of left off, it's not bad. Mm. Like, you you would you would have a good time with it, and it's interesting, and they go places with it, and it's creative, and it's fun. But yeah, they put out the final episode this week, and it was absolutely terrible. <laughs> like it was maybe the worst conclusion to a show I've ever seen. Like, and that's including Evangelion, which I really don't like. Um, where basically. They promoted it as saying like, okay, we're going to have an hour-long special for our last episode. Because they, they were juggling a lot of balls, spinning a lot of plates. Mm-hmm. Like They set up all these plot points, and it's like, all right, we're, how are they going to solve this in one episode? Oh, they're going to announce an hour-long episode for the end. Great. Okay, that gives them plenty of time. So the, the episode finally went up. You could finally watch it. And the first half of it, uh, it, was, it was a recap. It was a recap episode, uh, and it should be noted: episode eight of the show was also a recap episode. Um, <laughs> so, in a thirteen-episode series, you got two recap episodes. Um, basically, man, they really think you're forgetting a bunch of shit. If, if they're or, or they're uh, just trying to get it like cheap, they don't have the, to animate new things. Yeah, there's some other reasons there. I'll get to that, but. Yeah, so the first half of the the like series finale or season, I don't know, they left it in a place where it could have a second season, but it wouldn't be earned or deserved. But anyways, it's just terrible because like even in the recap episode, they remind you, it was good for me because I haven't watched the show in three months, but they remind you of all these plot points that are like all up in the air and interesting and weird and cool. And then it just kind of ignores all of those and then just starts like a new story for, for the, for the new part. Like it's, it takes these characters and none of them are acting like themselves. Like they're like, it's like they're completely different characters and they're just throwing stuff at the wall. Like, Oh, all of a sudden, Oh, by the way, this one character we've all known since the start, she's a robot. And then the other characters are like, Oh, well fuck her. Then we don't give a shit about robots. And it's like, what? (laughs) That's, when has Aww. any of this come up before? <laughs> I'm kind of off the 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 uh I've been paying attention, but I also don't really have a lot of context for this conversation because I have not watched the show, but that sounds uh shitty. 
it's really dumb and it makes no sense. Like it's, it, it's just really aggressively mediocre where it started really strong. Yeah, the first episode, I remember I was going to recommend it to you because I was like, wow, this is really interesting. It's The mm-hmm. animation is just beautiful. It's covering some really interesting topics. It was just like, it started off incredibly strong where mm-hmm. I thought like, wow, this is, could be something really spectacular. And then it just, to hear it just went, ooh, is not yeah. great. Um, and... Uh, you said it's one of the worst anime endings you've seen, which is a lot because the same studio that did this also did the promised Neverland where it's last episode is basically like, I, from what I haven't seen the last episode, I've, I've, I watched the first season and then I read the manga. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's basically like a slideshow. <laughs> like, I haven't, I actively haven't watched it either, but I've heard that they, yeah, it's basically, they're just like, uh, all these things happened the end and you're just like what the shit but it's like but that's another show where the first season is so good and Mm -hmm. it's just like really tense it's wonderfully animated it's just every element of it is good but it's like yeah it's got some moments where you're like hey like the whole thing about like the memories from being a baby thing was kind of weird, but that right. is kind of well. That's from the that's from the manga. It is it's from like, the manga, but you can accept like, it. Right? There's like some dumb stuff in there, but it's like it's basically toned down from the manga. I yeah, mean, like then, basically being dumb, but it's yeah, like and yeah, they they apparently because I haven't watched it, but everyone I've heard speak about it says they completely whiff the second season. Like, yeah, if the, if the first season is like an eight out of ten, the second season is like a one out of ten. Is what I've right. Heard. Like really, yeah, bad. and and it's like um, this. This studio has done it yeah. another, other times as well. Yep. And they it's also just did like, Darling in the Franks, which is mm-hmm. very much a show that starts extremely strong, and then in the last two or three episodes, just totally whiffs it. Just uh, they're currently doing a show called Shadows House, which is beloved. Like the original material is super beloved, and uh, apparently they're completely messing up the ending of this too. Like they're just going off script basically saying, no, we're going to make our own ending and it's terrible. So like it seems like, and looking from the outside in, it seems like uh, the production management of this studio is terrible. Like it's just awful. And um, there's a lot of stories coming out and it was coming out near the end of uh, one drag priorities for season or not for, you know, like the original runs ending that like animators were in the hospital because of their, they were overworking and exhausting themselves. And like, there was like, yeah. Wasn't there somebody who's like, like, wasn't it like the creator or the director or something who was like, went to the hospital and then immediately was like, all right, time to go back to work after getting out of the hospital. I don't know. Something like that. I don't remember if it was director, but I remember hearing about animators for sure. And yeah. like, cause this was like basically a passion project for them. It was a fully original story and they, they did it because they loved it. And, but yeah, it sounds like the production management, like whoever was above, like the animators did an excellent job. The sound designers did a great job. The voice actors nailed it. But like the story just seems like, cause they were given three months to work on this. And, uh, you can read like reports saying that they didn't start work on this last episode until like two or three weeks before. And it's like, 
how do you bungle it? Like, and, and by that, I mean like, uh, they didn't start storyboarding it until like two or three weeks before. Like they didn't even have the ending written. So they had to kind of rush that. And then they went through all like the keyframe animations and that finished like three days before it was airing. And apparently some of the last like cleanup animations happened like a couple hours before it aired. So it's like if you have three months and you're only working on it in the last two weeks, like it's very much like a cyberpunk situation where it's really terrible management, like kicking the knees out from something, which could have been really fantastic. Because but you have good people working on it and they care about it a lot, but totally, totally whiffed. It's really unfortunate. So like if you're looking at it, it's it's hard because if you look at it as um just objectively as a product, as a thing you're watching, it's bad. Um, uh, but if you are considering the human element and thinking about like the people that made it and the conditions that it was made in and all that kind of stuff, then it just becomes a really sad story. Yeah, it's it's just just it's depressing because I mean, like it's it's horrible that they were working this long, but you really got the feeling from them that this is this is my passion project. Like this is something oh, yeah, that shows. they're really really passionate about putting out. And I feel like you see that in the like from watching the first episode where it's just this beautifully animated just this unusual interesting story and it's well written and it's yeah. it like th- it's really good. It, it's really great, and you're and you and you get the feeling that it is this passion project, and then it's uh, it's it's just it's just it's just sad and a bummer that that this is how it had to be. Yeah, I don't know. Super super unfortunate. So yeah, one drag priority. Watch it up to episode twelve, and just consider the cliffhanger it leaves off on as being an interesting prompt for whatever your mind can come up, can come up with because it's going to be significantly better than what they put out. <laughs> yeah. So that's one drag priority. All right. So let's take this turd sandwich, this, this just outer layers of poop, and let's have like a lovely center that is whatever your favorite is. What's, what would you like in between a couple of, of poops? <laughs> ah, well, that is a... <laughs> I don't. I'm not. I don't have an answer for this one. <laughs> uh, I realized that as soon as I was saying it, it's like this can't end anything but terribly. Um, so yeah, I talked about this a couple weeks ago, maybe a month or two ago, uh, and said, "Hey, this could be really great, depending how it ends." And hey, it turns out it ended fucking amazingly. So Odd Taxi, um, mm. Allison, have you heard much about Odd Taxi? Just that you've told me to watch it, and then everything people everything people say about it is that that it's just fantastic. Yeah, so I'm gonna like use big words, and I'm gonna say like this show should go down as like a modern classic. Like people should be recommending it in the same breath as things like Cowboy Bebop. Like it is maybe the best show I've ever seen. Like it's extremely good. I recommend it to literally anyone. Like there's no caveats there. There's nothing like it's not the normal anime thing of like, oh, there's some weird stuff you have to get past or whatever. No, it's just extremely exceptional. Um like it's if you like mystery stories, which I really do, it's essentially like the perfect mystery story. And it's a really, really perfect show to watch with someone and just like not read comments, not read anything, and just theory craft with someone. Like just have fun with it and be like, oh, wait, so they did this thing here and then, oh, this connection here, oh, I wonder if that's that. And like just watching it with someone else makes it a fun experience. And 
like I, I would heavily recommend it. So like Pat, I would recommend it. You, you watch it with your partner because I imagine you both would have a fun time with it. If Andre was here, I'd recommend it. Like he watch it with his and like Allison, if you watch it with like your sibling or something like that, like or just on your own, like it's just really amazing. Um, it's they nail every part of it and like it's it's a really interesting story because what happens is it is all taking place at least from the start uh in this big city basically i, I believe it's tokyo uh, i don't remember if they actually name it but yeah it's a big is city a... i don't know i'm looking at it. <laughs> okay <laughs> i thought it said but... that it takes place in tokyo but yeah, I, I can't remember if it's actually Tokyo, like if they call it Tokyo or if it's like a, you know, like a Tokyo, you know, like a, a fake Tokyo. Um, sure. But but um, it's this city that feels super alive, like it feels like it's a huge city. And what you're getting is just a look at it through the lens of this taxi driver and through the people he picks up and has connections with and like his personal friends and the people like his regular clients and stuff like that. So you're just seeing it through this lens and you're slowly starting to see that like all of these completely separate storylines and all these completely separate disparate characters somehow have these like tangential relations to one each other, one another. And it's like you, ha- it's just, you're starting to kind of see like the smaller community that's formed within like this person's life and the city around them. And it turns into a whole mystery because while all these little storylines are going on, there's also this like overarching one where you keep hearing on the news in the background, like there's this high school girl who's gone missing. And uh, it turns into this thing where it's like, oh, did this taxi driver pick this girl up? So now suddenly the police are getting involved and he's getting pulled over and like questioned to look at his, his tapes and stuff like that. And it's like, Oh wait. And it looks like he drove around one of her friends and stuff like that. Like it's starting to just kind of weave in all of these like disparate storylines and it does it like really masterfully and all of it feels completely natural and the characters are amazing. Um, and it's taking some really, really fascinating storylines like, uh, and doing like really modern things with them. For example, there's like this high school, well, this guy who graduated from high school, but it flashes back to when he was in high school where he's like, this character is, you know, he's not popular. He's not particularly good looking. So in high school, he didn't really have anything to latch onto except for he, he uh, collected erasers. He kept finding like rarer and rarer erasers and people would be like, whoa, where'd you find that? That's cool. And like, like that became like, a status symbol among them. It's like, I don't know if you were in high school and you collected fancy pencils or Pokemon cards or something like that. It's very reminiscent of that. And it feels like a very real experience. And then it fast, fast, uh, fast forwards to like the modern times where he's playing like a gotcha mobile game. Like he's just playing this gotcha game and he's putting in tons of money and like putting himself into debt because he wants to like be the top of the leaderboards kind of thing. Like, and they're relating it back to like this whole eraser kind of mentality. And it's, it's really smart. And like, then he's suddenly related to like three other kids. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. (laughs) And another really cool aspect of it is like, um, while it's in itself, a really fantastic show that's just encapsulated in itself. I normally don't like when shows or whatever do this, but Pat, you'll probably love it. Um, There is external material that makes the show even better. Uh, There is actually an audio drama. It's basically a podcast of 
one of the side characters. Uh, he does it, and it's alongside every episode. And it's just like little separate side stories um, that are filling in a bunch of information. And what, what's happening is there is essentially like a bugged pen. Like, uh, like it's this really colorful pen uh, that like has, it's like wiretapped or something. And he's like playing recordings from it. And uh, as you're watching the show, you would never even notice it if you weren't paying attention. But different characters have this pen on them in different episodes. And like, so there's this whole other layer side story that's telling the journey of this pen. And it actually be like the very ending, like the last scene, that pen is crucial. (laughs) And it's really fascinating. So like, it's, yeah, it's total masterpiece. I think it's pretty easily in my top five of all time. And unfortunately, I think it might go like just criminally underwatched, at least right now. Mm. But it's very amazing. Super. It's one of those shows, though, where it might be criminally underwatched, but it's it's something where every single person I've seen talk about it has been talking about it in that same kind of like reverential. This is an amazing show kind of way. So I I, it might go under the radar, but I think it'll be a cult classic at the very least. Absolutely, yeah. But watch it on Crunchyroll. Watch the whole thing. Enjoy it. Come up with theories. Like it's, yeah, it's the best part of a mystery. It's all the best parts of a mystery, and it totally nails it. But you know what isn't? <laughs> oh. We've made it to the other Ooh. poop. Oh no. Um. So I was pretty hopeful for this one. Um which is unfortunate. But hey, remember how everyone was really, really in love with the House of Fata Morgana? People were. Oh my God, I own it too. I haven't played it yet, but... Uh, I've still seen a lot of people really in love with the House of Fata Morgana who finished it. Yeah, I... I have trouble with it because it's... It's not terrible, I will say it's not terrible, but if you ask me to give it a rating today out of on our scale, which is, you know, five stars and I don't use half stars, I'd be debating between a two and a three. Mm-hmm. Um, like I tend to appreciate novel stories, things that are doing cool things and like doing a nuanced job of rent representing, you know, underrepresented people or subjects or stuff like that. Uh, and it does like it, it does that. Uh, it does it swings for the benches. Like there is a significant intersex character. They touch on things like homophobia and transphobia and all that kind of stuff. And like it, it is going for it does all those things in a relatively nuanced way. Um, like there's uh, pretty intense depictions of things like abuse and like they go into what being a rape victim is like. And like it's going into really tough subjects and it's broaching them relatively strongly um and i think all in all it's not bad but it's also not good <laughs> um like the the thing it suffers from in my opinion is it is just a profound lack of subtlety like um it is also kind of a mystery story like i've been debating if it's a mystery story at, at this point because i feel like it's just so poorly done as a mystery story that you might you might just consider it something else like maybe it's just kind of a drama that's 
using mystery elements. I don't know. But like, okay, so imagine if, uh, what's a popular touchstone? Like The Sixth Sense, let's say. Like Sixth Sense, not a great movie, but it's something I can spoil without upsetting a bunch of people. Like I, I would actually. You'll still pre- probably upset somebody though. Eh, whatever. Those <laughs> <laughs> like I would go for Knives Out because that's a good mystery. Um, or like I could give examples from Odd Taxi, but y'all haven't seen it. So, um, but like let's take the Sixth Sense because that's a touchstone we all know. We all know the twist, right? Yeah, great. Uh, you go through the whole movie. Guess what? Bruce Willis was dead the whole time. And the thing about the Sixth Sense is like again, not the best movie of all time. Kind of became a, a meme and a joke even back then, but. The first time you watched it, if you didn't weren't spoiled, it's the kind of thing where you could have paused it before the big reveal and sat there and talked with someone and been like, you know, I think this is going on and this is like, it, like, like you can look at all these things and there's evidence there. It's like, oh yeah, there's all the pieces there. Like yeah. I watched it, you know, as an adult after mm-hmm. knowing the twist, hearing all the I see dead people, you know, mm-hmm. the, re- the repeated a million and, million times. Yeah. But you can see the, but there are like. Hints there, you can you could piece it together if you were thinking it through, and yeah. it it's I think it's still an overall well made story even if you already know the twist. Totally, um, and it's re- it's it's relatively underspoken with like it's soft, yeah. it, it's subtle, like the the right. red colored the red colored things. You're like, oh, that's kind of interesting. What are those? But it's and, it's the it's the dinner with his wife where it does like they're not communicating and it's like yeah you know in 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 con like if you don't know what that that he's already dead you you'd be like oh it's this is just showing just how far separated they've become and then yeah you know but yeah. then you could put it together that hey they didn't actually ever you know talk to each other at all yeah like and again I'm not gonna say it's a good movie it's it's fine, but like I mean, I it, think it's it, a good it, movie, but <laughs> I'm not going to say it's the best movie of all time. But right, it, it, like it, for what it is, it's good. And so, the thing that carries it and the thing that makes it work is that subtlety. Is that like okay, you could piece this together, and it's kind of earned it. And like that twist happens, and then it kind it kind of plays like a montage of like okay, this is the stuff that happened that you know explains it. Okay, cool. Like if someone wasn't paying attention, they didn't notice all those things. That's awesome. That it has the reveal. It's like, wow. Okay, you're connecting all these. Th- okay, cool, awesome. Now imagine if the sixth sense started in somewhere in in the first ten minutes, and some person went up to Bruce Willis and was like, "Hey, big ghost, walk in here," and pointing at him with like finger guns, and and then uh, Haley Joel Osment uh, finally realizes he sees dead people. And then it does like a crash zoom on his face where he goes like, Ooh, like with the Macaulay Culkin hands on the side of the face being like, like, like really not subtle. And then it spends half an hour pointing at that person that went, Hey, big ghost walking here. And like saying like, you know, how now subtle were we? I want a different cut of the sixth sense to involve this though. You're, yeah. you're, you're still, you're selling me <laughs> on this, but not in, I see what you mean. But like, yeah, like it's the kind of thing where it, is incredibly not subtle and then it pats itself on the back a lot. So that's what happens in the House of Fata Morgana a lot. Like where you can it's basically an anthology series at the start where it's like four different separate stories. Um and then of course it's going to tie them all together somehow. Um but in each of those four stories they're kind of encapsulated mysteries and I would say if each of them is like an hour or two hours within the first five or 10 minutes, you can probably predict the ending with like 80 plus percent accuracy within those first five to 10 minutes because it's really not subtle. Um, And then 
it kind of it does the back padding thing I was talking about. Like there are literally dialogue moments where it's uh, basically a narrator character being like, "Whoa, did you see that coming? Oh, who could have seen? Who could have predicted that?" Like it's just like very self congratulatory, and I found it just so frustrating. Um, the characters are pretty okay. Like they end up being characters you'll care about. Um, the overall story is fine. It's, it's okay. I don't know. It's, I don't know. How do you all feel about the movie Black Swan? Actually, I haven't seen it, but I don't know. So, uh, it's not very, uh, I don't know. It, for, for like the the way I interpret Black Swan is I'm, like it's an it's an okay story that's trying really really fucking hard to be edgy and dark. Like oh, like, I mean that's Aronofsky yeah. in a yeah, that's, in a that nutshell. Is definitely Aronofsky's like, whole like thing. Uh, as as somebody that has seen Mother, I, that is yeah. that is one hundred percent Aronofsky. Yeah, I'm not a particularly big fan of Aronofsky movies. I usually watch them. Actually, Black Swan's the last one I watched. Uh, yeah. Does he haven't done any other other than Mother and other Black Mother. Swan since uh, like in the last you know ten years? No, but, but I like the Fountain. Okay, most people the Fountain's no, I like the Fountain. But but yeah, I would say House of Fata Morgana reminds me of Black Swan in that like it's it's trying really hard to be dark and edgy, like without really earning it in a lot of cases. I would say like it's. You'll, it's very predictable in that you'll see, um, oh, these characters are having a good time. Oh, and then they're going to be put through extreme suffering because reasons. And then it's going to spend like half an hour pontificating on that and showing you every detail and like being really proud of like how much they're, they're causing these characters to suffer. But like, it it just never feels earned. It's just, yeah. And I I don't like that kind of, uh, storytelling personally. It's pretty big turn off it's, for me it's uh, just it, it's it's that's my biggest issue with it is it's predictable and a lot of the stuff it goes for doesn't feel earned like i think if they'd cut that stuff a little bit and like they'd been more subtle and all that kind of stuff it would have been pretty good i would have probably if i was giving a star rating it would have been probably closer to a three or a four but as it stands if you're looking at it as a mystery novel it's it's bad like straight up it's it's bad. But if you're approaching it as kind of like, I don't know, an edge lordy kind of romance or drama kind of novel, it's a it's okay. Like I, I wouldn't say it's terrible. Um but like you can do better. I don't know. There was one really cool thing it did. Um and I don't think this is a spoiler by any means, so if you're still planning on playing it, go for it. This won't spoil anything, but it did this cool thing where it didn't call attention. Like this is the kind of subtlety I like where it didn't call attention to the fact that it was doing this thing. Uh, and I just kind of happened upon it where it's telling one of its stories, it's anthology stories. And I was at this point kind of thumbing through it, just like clicking, I was playing on the switch. So I was clicking through it and just trying to move on and half paying attention. Then I was like, Oh wait, what happened? So I opened up the log of like the previous stuff that had happened. And I noticed like, that's weird. A lot of what was being said is censored. Like it has like asterisks and it's like, what? And it, okay, wait, like I'm looking at the current sentence that's on the screen. It's like, you know, this character said this to that other person. And then in the log, it was saying like beep said beep to beep. And I'm like, what? Okay, that's interesting. And 
So I went back through the log, and then there was like this red text, which was like, a, it was like a separate character having a separate conversation in the background, and it was it was actually really interesting. And I was like, oh, I just happened upon this and happened to see it, and then so I just kept checking the log every now and again, and yeah, there was like a whole second storyline going on alongside that you never would have noticed if you just hadn't opened the log. So like that was cool. And I think that was in our group chat. I said, hey, Fata Morgana is finally doing something cool. And it did that for that one story and then never again. <laughs> it didn't do anything else like that, which it was unfortunate, but at least that part was cool. So uh, truth be told, I, I'm done with it. I'm, I looked up the ending online because I was so done with it. I, I just read a plot summary. And it turns out I was like probably like, four-fifths of the way through or something like that maybe even closer to the end but uh yeah it's it's a bummer i was really going into it hoping to love it because it sounded like something i would really enjoy but eh. but watch 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 odd taxi that fucking rips it does everything right speaking of of aronofsky and how he makes movies that are (laughs) apparently he has a movie coming out Called the whale. Oh, I, that's the one with uh, um, Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser right? plays the title oh. character, and I was like, "Oh, a whaling movie! I could be into that." I find no. Oh, oh. no. Nope. If only it was a movie about whaling. It's about is a six hundred is... pound middle aged man connecting with his seventeen year old daughter. The two grew apart after Charlie abandoned his family for his gay lover, who later died. Charlie then went on to binge eat out of pain and guilt. Fuck yeah. off! Yeah, that sounds like exactly <laughs> what I'm describing. <laughs> No, just, thank you. It's just, I will not yeah, be like, Yeah, no. Uh, f- film Twitter was having a like where That's we're like, oh, Brendan Fraser's back. Oh God, why? I, I no. was hoping. I was hoping it'd be like a, a commentary on like free to play games. You know, the whale. Sure. Yeah. But sure. I mean, that'd be. That'd be I feel like you can make an interesting movie out of that. I love that it, we've moved into an era where it's like, I know. Let's go back to to to. Lots of fat phobic jokes and depictions of characters. Ooh. Like it seemed like that was kind of gone for a while. I know. Like, back and forth. Love it. Yeah. Apparently, this is based off of a play. I think, and I, I, I read an, a review of the play that it does not sound good. No, um, I can't imagine anyone taking this premise and doing something not very problematic with it on multiple levels. You got everything here. <laughs> you got yeah, a gay man abandoning his family. You got uh, grief and binge eating. You got uh, trying to reconnect with a dot. Like, oh, yeah. Well, if you, if that sounds appealing to you, you should play the house in Fata Morgana. There you go. So anyways, we, we hopefully we have fountain. some other, other, that's a, that's good, a good movie. movie. I like that movie. It and is. it's like <laughs> I, looking through Aaron. I forgot that was Aronofsky. Cause I was like, oh mm-hmm. yeah, that is a good movie. People but, didn't really like it that much, but. Uh, yeah. It's 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 a weird it's a tough movie but it's good yeah it's challenging it's it's, it's challenging <laughs> anyways uh is of the board game you're bringing challenging oh my god <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, no, yeah well in the, <laughs> fountain, in the fountain they go to a Mayan temple at one point right like yes um. I think so. Lost Ruins of Arnak is not a board game about cultural appropriation. Uh, it does have a theme oh. of like, um, <laughs> of of kind of like, you know, adventure, treasure hunter, whatever. Uh, so the overall theme is is uh, 
can be tiring. However, they, they do a very good job, I think, of making it not appropriative of any existing cultures, really. Um, it's like vaguely Pacific Islands, but it's not like it cribs a bunch of Pacific Island indigenous iconography or imagery. Is, uh, is it kind of, pretty, kind of like Spirit Island in that way? It's, uh, even less so. I think Spirit mm-hmm. Island draws even more heavily from from um, indigenous art um, sure. from that, that region. Uh, but this um, Lost Ruins of Arnak has almost a like uh, vaguely fantasy vibe going on. Like the there's very little. It's clearly like a real world um, island in the Pacific, like thematically, but with like kind of like Kong. That's a good. I think that's a good touchstone. It's kind of like um, the oh, the Peter Monster Jackson. Island stuff. Um, not the Kong. Not the Peter Jackson one. That one has a lot of. Uh, very specific imagery of, of yeah. indigenous peoples. Um, this is more, there's nobody on the island, so it's like abandoned. So there's not like art of people really in the game. Um, and there's like monsters and stuff that are very reminiscent of like the monster island kind of thing. And the ruins all look like they could be in different fantasy stories. Uh, not just uh, like, it's not just like a like a Mayan or, or South American or Central American or, or Pacific Islander aesthetic. So anyway, it's clear that there's some attention being cared to not just make it like the worst parts of Indiana Jones and, and stuff. Uh, and uh, the art's beautiful and it is a board game that is uh, a, either of you heard the term point salad before? Yes. And no. So it's, it refers to a kind of board game that is basically like, giving you lots of different ways to score points and the person with the most points at the end wins. This particular game is a combination of a worker placement and a deck builder. Um, so worker placement being a Euro game mechanic where you put little, little, little guys on spaces on the board in order to usually collect resources. Mm. And then you use those resources to complete actions that score you points. Um, and one of the things you're also doing in this game is building a deck like you would in something like Slay the Spire or, um, you know, Griftlands or uh, any of those like kind of popular deck building games that exist now where you're, you're kind of. But in this game, you're, you're buying them from a central selection of cards that everybody can buy from. Sure. Um, and it's not the first game to combine those two elements. Uh, it's not even a particularly. It's not. There's some unique mechanics, but it's not like it's like some brand new thing. But uh, it came out late last year, and people have been buzzing about it quite a bit for the last several months. Board games are interesting mm-hmm. because they're physical products, right? So they're uh, they're not like video games where people can go, "Oh, you should try this game," and then you just go buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, they print a certain number of copies of a board game and then people go buy it. And then they uh, there's buzz that's generated and then everybody wants it. And then you have to wait for another printing of it. And then the buzz generates a little bit more and stuff like it's tends to kind of hype kind of comes in waves. So usually if a Mm -hmm. game is like really big, you, you don't hear about it if it, unless it was kickstarted and people lost their minds for this like $10 million Kickstarter, you don't really hear about it until a few months later even like mm. certain sometimes even reviewers won't even get it or make content about it until months after its initial release 
So I heard about it on the Shut Up, Shut Up and Sit Down podcast, uh, and that was kind of what made me interested and had a chance to play it the other day. Um, and it was a winner of a bunch of uh, Golden Geek Awards for 2020 on Board Game Geek, which are cool, but then it also won the um, the the Spiel, which is like one of the, or I guess it was a nominee, it maybe didn't win. Um, but uh, that's like the huge board game award uh, in Europe mm. that is like the one that, that everybody is, is uh, gunning for. Um, so anyway, in this game, you're playing as these like explorers that have come to this island to try to find, really, you're not even trying to find treasure. Uh, you're not a treasure hunter. You're more, you're trying to uh, like research and learn about the island um, and learn about the temple there. Uh, and the ruins, obviously. And so what you're doing is, on your turn, you have two workers. You're placing them on different sites. At the beginning, there's just four sites available to you. You get different resources from them. You use those resources to buy cards. And they're cards that are things like uh, a whip or an airplane or uh, binoculars. And um, each card is super unique. They each do like very different things that are me in a fun way so like the binoculars when you play them you can activate any of the sites on the board the places that you would normally place a worker you can just get the benefits of one of those sites without placing a worker there um, because you're looking through the binoculars and you're like seeing what's there and getting the thing that's there um, mm -hmm. and uh, so then you have to explore further out sites to do that you have to pay a certain resource and you have to play cards that give that that give you the travel cost of going there so you might need a boat or a or a car or a plane will give you anything so you go to these new sites you discover them they get played from a stack of tiles so you don't know what's going to be there at first and then a uh, monster will also get played on them so they're like giant spiders or uh, uh dragons or whatever and so you can score points by defeating the monster it'll give you a little ability there's this research track that you can run up on the side where you spend resources to advance on the research track uh, mm -hmm. and you get different bonuses and rewards and then more points. Um, and then the cards all have point values on them. You're going to get more points for discovering locations, but since you don't know it's there, you it may not be the best thing for you in terms of resources. So you can also hang back and forego the points for discovering locations and instead let other people do it and then take advantage of just the places that are going to help your strategy. Um, so there's all these different sort of mechanics and, and, and places to go. And I think it combines into this really, really, really satisfying puzzle because my go-to game for this type of experience has always been Seven Wonders. Um, mm -hmm. I like that game significantly more than a lot of other like medium weight point games. And I think this one is the first game since Seven Wonders that could become my go-to for this instead because it doesn't have the problem that many of these kinds of games have. I played a different game um, called Hippocrates a couple weeks ago that um, not exactly the same genre, but it's also a Euro. And I felt like in that game I made a mistake on turn one and I could have just conceded at that point. The only reason I continued to play the game is because it would have screwed over the two other people that I was playing with to not have a player there when the game was set up for three of us to play. 
Um, but it was miserable because it was clear that like I failed the chess game looking ahead part on the first turn. What I really mm-hmm. love about Lost Ruins of Arnak is you spend the first round and even some of the second round. There's only five rounds, so it plays pretty fast. But um, and each player is taking their turn until they're out of stuff to do, and then they pass, and the next round starts. Mm-hmm. Um, and during the, the the first round, you're kind of just like feeling out. You're doing a little bit of everything to kind of feel out where the game's going to go and see what kind of cards you're going to have available, um, because the cards you buy in that first round are going to become available to you the next round, for instance. And so it's fun because it's not like there's some big comeback mechanic. Cause I don't particularly like that either when it's like someone can significantly outplay you and then you can gotcha them late in the game and come back. Um, but it has a feel of like, you're kind of, through the game, you're kind of looking at your options and going, well, what can I do to, to score the most points right now? And what can I do to set myself up to score more points next time? And I think it actually works and is satisfying instead of how these games often go where you're like, oh, never mind, I screwed up a few turns, so now I'm so far behind, there's no way for me to catch up. Um, and I think it, it works really well in that in that way, and I think it makes it a really good game for both People who are new, it's intimidating when you first look at it because it's got like this big board with all this different stuff on it. But um, once you kind of know how to play, it has it it has so many different layers and places you can go. In the game that I played with friends the other night, I did a big focus on exploration, and I ended up winning because I had a ton of points from having explored locations. But I did very little research. Mm. Um, so then I played a solitaire game yesterday. It has a, has solo rules for an AI player mm-hmm. and um, focused hard on research and won and didn't do hardly any exploration. Um, and my friend who I was playing with, their game was like totally different than mine because they were focusing on getting cards and getting cards that allowed them to draw and play more cards. So their turn that I looked over and they had like, they were like, way more actions deep than me and had way I passed way before them because they had so many cards they could continue to play. Um mm-hmm. so your games can just look very different even at the even the people playing at the same time can you can have just very different approaches and um there's ways to make them work. Uh yeah. because kinda of sounds score points. Kind of sounds like Civ in that capacity. Like how in Civ you can, you know, focus on culture versus science versus yeah. building wonders like you're playing the same game but you're approaching it from different angles and i think what i like here is that you do have to in a lot of euro games if like to take like the old joke of farming games as an example i'm not talking about a specific farming game but just conceptually in a lot mm-hmm. of euro games it's like okay i'm deciding on turn two i'm going to focus on sheep and and only sheep and I'm going to do everything in my power to score as many sheep as possible. And you can win the game by just like laser focusing that one thing and directing all of your efforts to it. What I like in this game is to be really successful, you should find a thing to push on, but you still kind of want to participate in every aspect of the game. So you don't feel like it's not like, well, I'm going to focus on research, which means I'm never going to get the fun of flipping over a tile and seeing what monster is going to be there and putting my little guy there. Um, you're still probably going to do that once or twice in the game because you're going to be in a situation where it's like, well, I have these resources to do this. That's probably the best way for me to score a little bit more points. Maybe I'll get some good stuff out of it that I need to. 
Um, so I think it works really well in that way of like incentivizing you to play um, multiple paths uh, to try to to try to poke at where you can get the most points. Um, and is and it... the player inter interactivity is there too. I've had a few times when I was blocked or when someone took the card I wanted, and it was like infuriating. <laughs> yeah, is it is it kind of like saving that? in that where um, you'll kind of start down one path and if you decided halfway through, no, nah, I'm going to go down a different path, it's like totally infeasible and like not viable or um, are you able to change lanes relatively I, like fluidly? I, I certainly think you could change lanes more capably than in a lot of similar games like this. Um, I think uh, it depends on what your opponents are doing too. Um, if, if somebody is having like a ton of success focusing research and then, and you're racing them on that research track board and then on round four you go, oh, this isn't working out. I'm going to focus on collecting cards now. You might be too far behind on the card collecting side of things to make it work. But I think there's still a lot more room for changing up your strategy in, in this game than there is in, um, most euros that I've played. And that's one of the things, I have an interesting thing, I used to be really, I used to like very much dislike Euros, and I much preferred uh, to, like Ameritrash is what people refer to it as, like very themey, Actually. like strategy games and stuff, stuff, games where it's like, um, you know, lots of miniatures on a board that are maps that you're pushing around and rolling dice for and stuff. And as I get older, my tastes are much more moving in the direction of wanting like really crunchy Euro games that have lots of like moving parts and, and competing elements. And Arnak is like, if you're someone who is like the, the, what I described at first, if you're kind of like, I don't want to play games about farming, which is what I always said about Euro games. I can't recommend Arnak highly enough because it's really tight mechanically and a really fun puzzle. It's exceedingly well balanced. That's another thing about it is the everything going on has so many checks and balances. Like one of my favorite cards in the game is the horse because it gives you a gold, a kind of compass, which are two resources and you get to draw a card when you play it. So it's like free, it's free real estate. Like it's so much, you get so much out of playing that one card. Um, but it's also costs you four gold and it's only worth one victory point at the end. And I, when I first saw it was like, whoever gets the horse is going to win because that card is so good. But the game is so well balanced and there's so much, so many other things you could do with that action to buy it, the action to play it and the resources spent playing it that it never at any point felt like we got, anyone got screwed because of some kind of imbalance or because of randomness. Because um, there's almost no randomness in the game. The only thing that's truly random is what cards are available. Um, and there's two kinds of cards you can buy. Otherwise, um, and, and there is some randomness when you on like tile placement. But you can always strategize around it. And uh, when it comes to your personal deck, this isn't like Dominion where you're building a like 40 card deck over the course of the game. Um, mm -hmm. You theoretically you could, but it's an interesting uh, deck building system where when you buy an item card, you play your cards over the course of a round. At the end of the round, you shuffle 
your played cards and place them under the remaining stack of cards. So like if you play a round and you didn't see your binoculars card, there's 10 cards in your deck, you played five cards, you can be sure you'll get your binoculars the next round because it's in those five remaining cards and your mm -hmm. played cards that you've just shuffled go under the stack of cards that you didn't get to draw this round. And that's how items are acquired too. They go at the bottom of your deck during the round so you can be almost sure that you'll get them the next round when it starts. So it adds an element of hand management so you can kind of plan even though it is technically random, um, you'll, you'll be able to tell when you're getting certain things or you'll be able to tell if you have a very high chance of getting a certain thing next uh, in your hand. So it just, it, it's that like mitigating the RNG and making it super balanced, I think are the two things that make it a joy to go back to. And then also the art is like astoundingly gorgeous. It's like, it's a stunning game. As someone who finds Euro game art to generally be kind of drab and a little boring this game is like vibrant and colorful and really fun to look at and it has like plastic tokens that are really fun for like arrowheads and jewels and, and stone tablets um so it, it's it's beautiful and fun to like touch and interact with too well that sounds that sounds like a really fun game and something i definitely want to give a shot if i ever have the opportunity yeah, yeah it's is, uh i was gonna say like you were mentioning right at the start that like board games, one of the biggest hurdles you have to get over is the physical component. Is there like an official version or anything like that on tabletop simulator? There's a really, I don't know if it's officially sanctioned or not, but there's a very, very good uh, scripted TTS mod. That's how we played it. Uh, I played it with friends and then I bought it based on really liking that. Um, yeah. That's how I try a lot of games. Personally. Um, and uh, it's it's like I said, it's scripted and everything, so it'll handle setup. But there were some bugs with the scoring. It was kind of funny because I scored like sixty two points, and um, and my friend, one friend scored sixty points, and another friend scored like seventy four points. And we were like, "How did you score seventy four points?" And it had turned out that it, instead of just counting the the points in his play area like it was supposed to, it pulled in all of the cards <laughs> from the deck from one of the decks. Nice. So he had like. 23 points more than he was supposed to have <laughs> so double check your scoring if you try that app out but it's or that 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 mod out but it, it works well otherwise and it's a it's a fine game to play on tts because it's not um it's not fiddly enough to be a problem uh to to play it there very cool uh that's not something that i've played but i have played another game that we've played together well, not together, but we no, both we played should, a lot of Mario. We, we, we together apart. Yeah, together apart, to we've been a, playing Mario Golf. I have a few, I know a few other people who are playing it. Have to get a, a game going because um, uh, it's fun. Yeah, no, it's good. What are your thoughts of it after playing it for for a little bit? Uh, so I am most of the way through the story. Um, story. I don't know if I should call it the story. Halfway, most of the way through the adventure mode, the, mm -hmm. the, the, the kind of campaign um, there, I'm on the second to last like region, the, the excuse me, the like rainy woods or whatever. Um, and the adventure mode is interesting. I think the core golf in that game is a lot of fun and it's nice because it's like very different from uh, hot shots or everybody's golf. So you can kind of 
play both, I think, and get enjoyment out of them. I've been playing that that clap hands golf too on my phone, which is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a different flavor. And Mario Golf uh, has pretty good mechanics. I saw some people saying it's too simple, and I don't know if I agree. Uh, I think there's that, that some of the the courses are actually pretty tough. Yeah, um, and it, it, I feel like it kind of forces you to uh, interact with more of the systems, especially with some of yeah. the things in the adventure, adventure mode where I was like, this is really hard. And then I started interacting more with uh, like curving my shots and uh, doing this various spins. And yeah. I, yeah, I find the shot curving a little bit frustrating because it's so the window is so small that you get to, it is. to, to set up the, the curves. So I don't love that about it, but it's not that bad. What I will say is there's, I love it in the adventure mode when you get to, it's like a a wonderful treat when it's just like, just play golf now. Just don't worry about all the extra modes. Just play golf because things I'm, I thought I would be really into things like the cross country golf and the speed golf stuff. And I think speed golf could still be fun multiplayer, but I'm not sure I love it as yeah. much as I was it, hoping it, I would. It seems like a lot of running from what I saw. It, it is. is. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't feel like there's actually that much interesting stuff you can do. You control people really hard, which is fun when it's like your friends, not as fun when it's like computer boo. And I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> just get the fuck out of my way. We both know I'm going to win. Just so just Yeah. <laughs> um and it's not like it's like horrible or anything. I don't want to like it, it's it's I wouldn't even necessarily say it's like mediocre. I think some people might like it more. Um but I think it like flirts sometimes with including a little bit of platforming in there, for example. It and does, but it doesn't go all the way. No, and it's not very good when it does. No. And and so some of that stuff just doesn't work quite like I was hoping it would. And I don't like the scoring metric. They use like your time spent running and then each stroke is like 30 seconds. Yeah. And I I like the scoring of like how far are you under or over par for the course. I think that's that's like the like real golf scoring is what I like. Um I think the cross country golf is really interesting conceptually and I don't know if there's more courses than just the one. Yeah, I don't know, but it was interesting to try like to get a feel for that, especially with um, when you had to do the a, a lot of the verticality of it. And that's the part I didn't like. I, is, do, I like I don't know if I loved it, but I, I I felt really satisfied once I got it. Sure, I felt satisfied once I got it because I was like, "Fuck this! I'm never coming back." <laughs> <laughs> but. In the cross-country golf, if you haven't seen, it's, like, they'll present you, like, a big map, really big, mm-hmm. with, like, six holes on it. And you can tackle them in any order, and you just have to get the whole, do the whole course in, like, under 30 strokes or something. Um, and each time you finish a hole, you start from the flag of that, like, the where the hole was. The hole goes away, and they put your ball on a tee there. Um, so... It's really, I think if the courses were flatter, I would be really into it. The problem is that they make like these cliff faces between the 
the course, the, the holes, and you have to use these tornadoes to get the ball up the cliff face. And so the thing that I kept running into and what frustrated me about it is I would get to like the, the, I would get like halfway through it and then I'd go, oh fuck, I have to go all the way up to the top now because I'm all the way at the bottom. Yeah. And, and, and like, oh, and this hole is like right next to the cliff. So my options are try to curve a shot into a tornado and bounce it up there or try to take the ball, put the ball in just the right spot so that I can take an additional stroke to, to just shoot it up there. And, and then what would inevitably happen and what happened to me like four times is I would try either one of those things. And the ball would take a bad bounce once it got up there and deflect back off. Oh, that was the then, worst. And then land Sick. and then roll into the cliff, the crevice of the cliff, like right at the edge. And then I would be like, <laughs> the cliff is here and the ball is like right here. And now I'm like, well, now I have to take four strokes to set up another shot at the cliff. And it was just like, and then I would just restart the whole thing. Yeah. And that I found deeply frustrating and actually almost caused me to say fuck this i'm not i'm just gonna play this multiplayer but i did get past it and um i can say if you encounter that and have a similar situation with it you don't have to do that again (laughs) you do it the one time and once you beat it the the full i mean you have to play that course a few times but once you get done with that region it gets a lot less frustrating (laughs) uh and the rest of it's more fun um have any of you tried the battle golf not yet no not yet it's not been presented in this. St- one thing that's really weird about the story is the 3DS one, which wasn't super to my taste, but a lot of people liked it, and I get why. Um, you were like, hey, I'm Mario, and I'm going to teach you to play golf. Like It was very like, it, as to my memory, it was very much like, oh, Mario and, and Daisy and, and, and stuff are just here, and Bowser's just here. Um, in this game, and I think it's kind of interesting, it opens up with like you watching the main character, those characters play battle golf Hmm. and then the TV turns off and like, I haven't encountered any big Mario character. It's all like Koopa Troopas and Goombas and Toads. I mean, Toad, I guess is there. And like Mario is like the legendary yeah like golfer like like it's like the char- like the the main characters are like <laughs> wow these are like super amazing golfers it, it feels very familiar if, if from from what i i've played little i've played of the older like handheld yeah. mario golf games and mario tennis like this is pretty much pretty uh reminiscent of that like i haven't even seen a luigi yeah like, what the, the, there's there's no even like you don't even that's i i don't want to spoil too much for anybody but bullshit. someone did say that there were some 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 that they saw they described some people fucking up a golf course that uh i instantly recognized based on their descriptions um and so maybe uh-huh. maybe i'm going to go meet some mainline Mario characters now that I'm like 80% of the way through the adventure mode. Um, but I some think it's kind of interesting. Root, it's, some rootin' tootin'. 
some rude characters, we'll say. Oh, uh, some rude dudes, I see. Yes, some 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 rude dudes. Some um, ass ripping fucking uh Mr. Eyes motherfuckers. I wish that there was a way you could fart and have that do something. Maybe Wario could do that. I don't know. I, I, of farting and doing something. Um are you all playing it with motion controls or are you Oh doing, no, okay. no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just playing it on shot. handheld. I yeah, yeah. I I don't think I'll play it with motion controls. I've been playing it with a pro At controller all? on TV. I'll say it's. I actually like the way this game looks. It's super sparse. I've seen people complain about it. I think it, it looks fine. I yeah, I I like the way it looks. It has. I I, I think I've seen people say it, it's like lacking in charm, which I can see an argument for because there's no. It is very much like all the enemies from Mario, and you're just kind of interacting with it. There's not a lot of like variation in the NPCs and in like the mm-hmm. people you're talking to and stuff. Um, like it doesn't have that like it doesn't. There's no like New Donk City kind of like. Well, charm, also with you know? the adventure mode, I'm pretty much just like okay, I'm going course to course. Like you, t- I like at, at the start, I was talking to people, and then I was just like, I don't know if I need to talk to anybody yeah. anymore. Um, so then it's like you're but, just, I'm kind of going from course to course, oh, yeah. doing whatever challenges that they I, have. I, I, and you're playing as a me too. I should, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I've heard that it can be a very chatty game if you start talking to people. Jesus, it can. I talk to everybody <laughs> still, and holy shit, some of it's inter- it's worth it to me because some of it is kind of some one in one in ten conversations are like. Oh, that was kind of funny. Um, I think the writing is fine. Uh, it's a little tedious, but it's yeah, fine. the writing's fine. Uh, like it's not bad, but it's just like I, I was just kind of like, yeah, okay, I don't need to do this anymore. No, I don't think you need to. Um, but uh, but but what I appreciate about it is that it is very like it runs incredibly well, as everyone knows. I'm a frame rate asshole, um, and it is so solid and so stable. It doesn't have any performance issues, and it, yeah, it. it, it runs beautifully and, and it looks sparse but good um i appreciate that it doesn't have too much going on but also it looks fine it doesn't look like it's like sometimes i run into switch when i do play switch i don't play as much as as, as i think most people on the cast but uh when i sometimes i run into games and even like first party nintendo games i can't think of any off the top of my head but where Arms. when i play it when I no, well, when I play it docked, it's like, oh, this kind of looks like it should be on a handheld. Like this, uh, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't really work blown up onto a TV visually. Um, this game doesn't really have that problem to me. I think it looks good on TV. Good. Mm, that's cool because I've I've been playing it just handheld, and I think it looks really well, good. But I, I played the Switch primarily handheld as well. So yeah. So anyway, I don't know. I think. Um, I don't think it's as interesting to me as Mario Tennis. I think tennis having turning into the way that they basically turned it into a fighting game was like really cool and interesting. However, I didn't end up playing that much of it because I don't, no. I'm not good at games like that. Oh God. <laughs> so I was really bad at Mario that, Tennis. I got that to I was that just one like, boss with the mirrors and I was like, I don't want to do this. This is too fucking hard for me. Um, for and, me, I, I feel like Mario, like, Video game golf is the exact amount of chill for me where like, yes. even if I'm, even if I'm like st- trying to like get past certain things, I'm, I just like being able to chill out with Which some video game golf. Part of it's, the problem with the speed golfing because they don't give you yeah. much time to chill because right. No, I the agree. The clock is always ticking. However, 
you don't have to speak golf all the time. And ultimately, I think it's 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 a good it's a good time. Yeah. Basically, oh, absolutely. Basically, basically, golf is like the turn based strategy of a sports, the sports world yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Whereas yeah. speed golf is like the action. RPG. It's like real time strategy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm curious to try the the battle mode, and I think that speed golf would be more fun. Um, passing a control. Well, you wouldn't be passing a controller around. I guess you could probably play it split screen. I assume that that's an option. Hmm. Probably. Um, it seems like it would be fun split screen with like a few beers and people that are are down to like fuck with each other. Um, like I had a friend in college who got if you we would play Smash and he would get really fucking angry if you didn't always go after the person who was winning. Um, which is not how I play Smash. I go after whoever it would be the most fun to fuck with. Um, oh, I just like do whatever I think is going to be the most fun, and, and, and I go for it. Let me tell you, the best way to become the person who's the most fun to fuck with is when you're having a meltdown over people not attacking the person you think they should attack. <laughs> so, I don't know if I think Mario Golf would be fun with someone like that, but if you're if you're like just wanting to screw people, because what you can do is when you're when you're sprinting, you can dash, which is just you hold down the run button and your stamina drains and you run faster. If someone's dashing, you can draft behind them, which is very funny given my appreciation for Sim. I, I, when, when they said I that you like, could draft, I was like, oh that, my god. That was very funny. <laughs> also, you have a special dash where you press the L1 or the shoulder button and you like burn a bunch of stamina at once and you sprint really fast forward. And if you hit people while you're doing that, it fucks them up. It like it like knocks them over and they lose some of their coins like Sonic um, and the coins power up your special shot. And, and if you run into people's balls while you're doing that sprint, you uh, knock them out of the way. So uh, you could theoretically just slam people's balls over and over uh, and over again with this dash uh-huh. and just make their balls go everywhere. And everywhere uh, you can, you, you can, you can wait, go for okay. their coins and their balls. wait, what do you mean their balls go everywhere? Can you? <laughs> I'm editorializing a little bit, but uh, you, you, if you run into them, it like yeah. knocks the golf ball out of the way. Yeah. And so, but that and seems in, if illegal. you're trying, if you're trying to win, <laughs> what you should do is just run as fast as you can to your ball and make good shots. But if you had a few beers and you're laughing, what you could do is just. <laughs> try to fuck people's shots up as much as possible and knock their balls into the sand traps and stuff. And so then it just stop. turns into Mario Party. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, I think that's like the the charm. I mean, the reason that you want to play Mario Golf is that it's, you know, not too serious and that you're yeah. just like kind of fucking around. And, and I think Battle yeah. Golf takes it even further um, in that like try to screw people over from what i've seen of it yeah uh so i I think it's gonna be a great multiplayer game i'm having a thing where i want to finish the adventure mode before i start trying to get people to play it multiplayer because i don't know listen when we're both done with the adventure mode we're gonna play some multiplayer yeah yeah golf together to to me it seems like if you're approaching mario golf as an esport then you're not approaching it the right way like it's just meant for fun (laughs) And I mean, that's how I view a lot of the multiplayer Nintendo games is like, I just want to play this and kind of fuck around and have some good times. And, and I appreciate the, that like, for example, with smash, you can be really skilled at it 
or mm-hmm. Splatoon, you can be really skilled at it. But for me, like the reason it's I play fun. Nintendo games as much is like I'm tired from work. I want to get a beer and just like fuck around. So it's in Mario Golf. Like, yeah. and I think it's uh, very um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It. I think there are people that Ballsy. have expectations for this game based on the 3ds game which i and i think maybe those people are the ones who are the most disappointed with this game yeah and i never played the 3ds game so that's maybe why i'm like this is a good game i don't know i played the 3ds game for a few hours i get why people love it i feel like and someone is welcome to correct me but in my memory, I stopped playing that game because I love Mario Golf on the N64 and like mm-hmm. the, the GameCube. And I stopped playing the 3DS one because it felt like I was spending like I played like three hours of it. And I felt like I played one round of golf in that time. Oh, was no. So much talking to everybody. And the, the systems were so much more complicated with how you develop your character. It was like very much a role playing game in a lot of ways. And I get why people wanted that. But the fact that the adventure mode in this game is like you have like six stats and they go up, you get one point to spend on them when you level up is like pretty cool to me. And you get like clubs that you don't really need to use, but if you want to, you can they do weird shit. Um, That's like much more my speed is like just give me the golf. I don't want to talk to Mario for 10 minutes about like philosophy of golf i just want to hit the ball uh and so i think that's why i like this game more than the 3ds one it's not i think maybe the 3ds one is a more lush like presentationally and more uh, has a better story maybe but i don't give a fuck about that i might actually go buy the 3ds one just so that i can see what it would be like and also you can correct me if i'm wrong because it's been so long since i played it maybe i'm way off and i stopped playing it because i was in college and had a lot on my plate. Um, but, but I seem to recall it being much more of an RPG, N- not necessarily that much more complicated in terms of character development or clubs and stuff, but more of an RPG in terms of the flow of the game where you were spending a lot more time talking to people and watching cutscenes and stuff. But, you know, which I get I a lot of people like having an RPG element, but also I, I appreciate that this is like, I know you want to play golf. Here's some golf. And I'm you're playing just like, Final Fantasy cool. 14 online. I don't need another RPG. <laughs> but yeah. I would totally have a conversation with Mario about the philosophy of golf in like a Mario and Luigi game or a Paper Mario game. <laughs> sure. Right. Exactly. <laughs> that'd be weird. Guess. Oh, that'd be that'd be that'd be very funny. Where it's like uh, they start talking about golf, and you're just like, "What the fuck?" I okay. And, and the Olympics. Oh, you know what else and I soccer. played this week? That I mm. didn't put on the sheet, and it's funnier that I didn't put it on the sheet. <laughs> I played like two hours of the crew two this week. Hell yeah, you did, and it was a good time. I don't doubt it. That game seems yeah. alright. I won't get into it, but they continue to improve the handling in that game to make the stuff more fun to control, and they put a shitload more stuff in it, and they don't make any that, of the. That's that seems like the Ubisoft way is to take something that seems alright and then make it better over the course of a year or two. Well, and yeah. also to cover up allegations of sexual harassment and not actually do anything. But uh, yeah, in the case Yay. of the crew, there's also that <laughs> in the case of the crew too, uh, it's it's uh, it's fun. I won't go into it at length because I think there's other golf games we have to discuss, so I don't want to ruin the segue. But it just popped into my head that I did golden like tea. 
Yeah, the, the other one, I, play, I played a little bit of clap hands golf, and then I also played more uh, everybody's golf. I re-downloaded that on my PlayStation 5, and that is a good time as well. It's, I, I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I want to finish the adventure mode in Mario Golf before I buy that, but I don't actually own it, I guess. I thought I, I guess I had a physical copy or something at mm. that point and don't have it now. Um, but it's only like twenty bucks, so I'm yeah, it's not very expensive, it. and it's 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 a good game. I I think I need to finish one. I need to, I think I do need to finish Mario Golf because they play just enough differently. Yeah, <laughs> that you're like they're well, it, it's it's very interesting because it's like with all of these golf games, they all have a very similar control style, but they're they vary just enough that it kind of screws well, you over because but, everybody's golf is a sticks thing. Like you use the sticks to to like do your swing because you do that in. No, you don't. Oh, you do in clap hands. Yeah, you if do in you clap can, hands. If, so I was thinking, actually, then, eh, yeah, I guess maybe I might just play more clap hands then, because I don't know if I want. I like the stick thing. Maybe everybody's golf has that in an option. Maybe it does. I I'm just playing it with with button. Gotcha. I think presses. maybe it's in yeah. the options menu because I remember playing it with sticks, but, and it's interesting because it's like if you don't do the stick the right way, it can slice it. And stuff oh yeah the, the 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 point where you like completely with uh it with with it and you go oh no and it goes like dark the screen is like no yes yeah, the, <laughs> it's like uh it, it it fully encapsulates how you're feeling with clap, that um, clap hands golf is great because i actually don't like the touch controls i have to play it with a controller but um the it's like a gotcha game but because it's on Apple Arcade, it doesn't have any in-app purchases. Mm-hmm. So you get the characters just from playing the game, like a reasonable amount. And it's very fun because it's all about like team golfing. Yes, it's it's a it's a good I, I've been playing it a little bit. I haven't played it very much, but I've been playing. I don't have any sort of controller for my my phone. So I've just been playing it with uh, yeah. touch controls. And it's not terrible Mm -hmm. i think that it's this it's perfectly serviceable with touch controls i think if Um, you played it enough with the touch controls you could get pretty good at it um yeah because they're very different than this than the stick controls yeah but i i feel like i i was surprised at how serviceable i found the touch controls Mm. to be like they it it felt Mm -hmm. like they were actually they were pretty thoughtful for making the touch controls actually not not terrible so i was yeah i was i was impressed about that but the um yeah. the sticks on the Razer Kishi are the best part of that controller, so it's worked out well that that's like the way that you interact with um with that game. Uh and and the characters are entertaining, they're weird, and they have they all have like unique little like personalities and animations and stuff. That's the thing that's kind of fun about everybody's golf too, yeah. is that they just like put a weird like a weird amount of personality into all the characters. Like I've been replaying um uh, everybody's golfing and you go up against these characters and there's the kid who's like, I like soccer. I'm learning golf now. I'm not as good. And then he's like, you, you beat him and he's like, huh, I guess this is different than soccer. And you're just like, yeah, no shit. The, I like in, in clap hands golf too. It's great because you know, you, you beat those, you beat a boss character and then it's like, okay, well I guess now I'm on your team and then you can play mm-hmm. as them in future Mm. uh future rounds um and they make it also very mobile friendly because it's like you play three holes at a time um, right yeah so that that's 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 that, that was a fun thing too because i've played certain 
like Apple Arcade games and games on, on my phone where I'm like, this. it seems like this is a perfectly fine video game, but I don't want to play a game like this on my phone. Yeah. Um, whereas mm. this feels like they've, they really were pretty thoughtful for making and- a, uh, um, a, a game. This is a, this is a mobile game. I think you can set up larger games if you want to, too. I don't think you're limited to only doing yeah. three holes at a time. I, I'm but that's sure like you how can, you but it's like kind of the default like and what they start mm-hmm. you out with. Yeah, um, it's good. Yeah. Now I'm like vaguely considering should I buy a controller for my phone? So that's where I'm at with my life. With, you have a, the only issue is that I don't know about the backbone, but the Kishi, you have to pay an Apple tax. If you have an iPhone, it's more it's like twenty dollars more. Which yeah, is I know. I, I do have an iPhone, and it, it it does look more expensive. It's because it's the exact same controller. They just pass the cost of licensing it as like an officially licensed Apple product onto you, and that's more expensive for Apple. Yay! So, um, I wish I wish these <laughs> controllers make me wish I was like a YouTube influencer because. Um, then they would just send me a backbone for free and I could try it and see which one I like more. <laughs> I don't want to buy another controller, but um but it it's a cool looking looks like a good controller. It's also a hundred dollars. So yeah. I'm not gonna buy two hundred dollars in phone controllers, but you do get three months of Game Pass with it though. Oh yeah, I saw that. Huh. Which uh by the way works disgustingly well on phones. <laughs> Um, I love the disgustingly well. Oh, it's fucking wild. That thing, the X Cloud is gonna like that. That that service is gonna be that, so God, huge. Why am I considering this backbone? Markets. It looks that good. Is, I've heard people say yeah. it's better than the Kishi. If I were to tell someone to buy a new buy one, I would say the backbone is is probably the one I would get uh, at this point. But the Kishi's fine too. If you see like a deal on one, it's good. But the, yeah. That xCloud stuff works way too fucking well. That always it's seemed like, like the most appealing part of their of their stuff. Yeah, and I'm talking. I it's even. I'm using an iPhone. It's not even a native app. It's running in Safari on HTML5, and it works really well. Um, and it like works really well with your controller plugged in. You can navigate the interface with a controller on your phone, and then it just you hit the button and go. And it's it's crazy. I'm I'm surprised i don't think you i still don't think you'd want to play like street fighter on it or something or there's Rocket enough league yeah no there's enough latency for it to be noticeable but what i've been using it for here and there conceptually more than actually because i haven't really had time but like i'm excited to play scarlet nexus i have a copy of that mm-hmm. on the way oh, um, I, I, i'm excited to play <laughs> that too eventually yeah, whenever uh sony reward store is weird but um <laughs> <laughs> I uh I I'm excited to play that game. I didn't realize at first that it was the same team that made Code Vein, which is another game that I've always oh. been interested in checking mm. out cuz I like Souls oh, games. So so does it have like a really intense character creator then? Uh no, it has char- Scarlet Nexus has two characters you pick between that are oh, like okay. pre-made. Um it's uh, it's a different kind of game than Code Vein. But anyway, I was like I could install Code Vein. I could clear some space and install it and try it. But I know I'm only going to play it for like 10 minutes. So instead, I just loaded it up on on um, xCloud and played it for like 10 minutes. I was like, this is cool. Maybe I'll play this at some point. I'm not going to start it right now because I have Scarlet Nexus coming and I want to play that more. And I have plenty of other games I'm playing. But being able to like sample games is really nice. 
um, being able to access games through the phone that maybe you do like check-ins or like you could totally do some destiny stuff if you're a destiny player using game using xbox it it runs perfectly fine enough for that kind of thing um and i think it'll be really cool to have on like trips and stuff also um so yeah if, if, if you have a the ability to get a excuse me to get a trial or if you already have game pass ultimate i recommend giving it a quick look because it's cool Yeah, I, okay. So the other thing that I've played, my only excuse is that I've had a really hard couple weeks, not, not for bad reasons, just because uh, I'm finally fully leaving training at work and I'm, I'm just exhausted all the time uh, Mm -hmm. because uh, it's, I'm, I'm just, it's, it's busy. So I've been playing power wash simulator a lot. That looks great. It's it's very fun. It's very relaxing if you like put something on to listen to while you're like washing this house and you go and then at the end of a of a thing it shows you the like speed through of you washing this thing and you're like, "Man, I did a good job with that with that washer. Nicely done well, me." Power washers are magical in real life. So I and can they're, imagine they're extremely magical, magical in, in this. Yeah, no, I sucked people talk about how relaxing it was. And I was like, okay, I need that. So then I bought it. And uh, yeah, it, it's, a, it's, it's a relaxing time. So I, <laughs> I need to pick it up because I like House Flipper conceptually, but I hate the way House Flipper looks. It's oh, so I like grody. This, it is really grody. And like here things are grody, but like in a... Uh, I feel like a better way than House Slipper. I like it better than I think. I think it has it takes the concept of House Flipper and kind of is like let's just have the most satisfying part of of it, where which is just like cleaning it, but you're just kind of washing and there's grime a weird, off of a thing. This is really weird. So, and I know it's really weird, but when I play House Flipper, I get that like, oh, I'm like my character's like getting on their hands and knees scrubbing this floor, and it's icky and. Gross. Whereas Power Wash Simulator, it's like, no, I'm standing four feet away from this stuff. I'm, yeah. I'm great. I'm covered in in water and soap. I'm clean as a whistle and feel good. And it's like nice to be in this cool water in the hot sun outside. And I'm blasting this muck. Yeah, and I'm, I, I put an extension it. thing on there so I, I can go further. And I'm standing yeah. far away, going, ooh, and it's, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. Have Have you ever played Viscera Cleanup Detail? I sure yeah. have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we've talked about it, but like. It seems similar to that in a lot of ways, but obviously less. This feels less frustrating. Gory. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like I like I like Vista cleanup detail just to like conceptually and occasionally just to mess around with it. But it is also like a slower game and kind of a frustrating yeah. game too, where you're mm-hmm. like you're like going around and then you drop your bucket and you're like, oh my god. Whereas here, it's just like, nope. Once something's clean, it's clean. You're good. Okay, yeah. it's like it's very it's it's taking that kind of simulator kind of thing and just squishing it down into okay, what's the most satisfying way of going about it? Okay, and you finish this thing, cool. You have money to buy more stuff and then go do n- another job. And it's it just goes very some weird places from chill. what I've seen too. <laughs> what I, I'm interested yeah. to see where it huh. goes. Then yeah. All right. I saw, I saw, I saw somebody washing off a Mars rover. Looked like oh, on yeah. the oh. surface of Mars. 
I think I'm in the middle of working on a playground, so we'll see how that... I'll see where I get to that, but... Yeah, I think I'm going to pick it up, too. Yeah, no, and it's it's just like something oh, yeah, where it's on the theme page, the Mars thing. Oh yeah, where last weekend I was just like, oh, I'm just tired, and I just want to relax and listen to something, and it's it's a perfect game for putting on a podcast, and you want to just do something while you're listening to a podcast and yeah. relaxing. So it, it seems like it is literally like on their Steam page they talk about how like. It is a game designed as a stress relief tool. Yeah. Like that is explicitly the purpose of the game, which I think is really um, a cool Cool. thing. Yeah. And then, and then you look, it's just, it's just, it's, it's designed to be just a satisfying experience where you're like, man, I took this house. That's this garbage house. And look at how beautiful it is. Look at how good I made this uh, thing. I don't know. It's just very, very it's, satisfying. It's got just enough of a style that it's kind of like it's it's a little different than House Flipper, where House Flipper is like the style is Unity Asset Store, um, which I'm not picking on them. <laughs> like I get it. It's they're doing a lot yeah. with what it looks yeah. a little. But this power wash simulator feels like it it's still not like you know incredible visually or anything, but it it, it the stuff is a little more chunky, feels a little more like like you're playing with like a playset or something that's what uh, it feels like and i think that was my biggest issue with house flipper is that it got i mean like it, it like i i don't disagree with the whole unity store kind of vibe of it but also it got a little too real for me at points where you're just like man i don't want to like deal with bugs in this house yeah i don't know that's not like, fun ugh, i picked up this pizza box and roaches exactly and you're like it's just gross whereas here it's like it feels like like the most um uh the the gunk that you can recognize the most is like bird poop otherwise it's just like i don't know this this how this this car got real dirty it's just generically dirty yeah. and you clean yeah. it off. So it's kind of like, it doesn't have that same level of just like, Oh, I feel gross kind of doing this. <laughs> yeah. Like with, with some of the house flipper cleaning stuff here. It's just kind of like, Hey, this house is covered with gunk. Is this unrealistic? Yeah. Okay. Bye. Like, let's just clean it up. So yeah, it's like cartoony enough that it makes you feel like less gross about everything yep so yeah no i i it's i might go play this after we've we've been talking I'm, about I'm it because i'm like, downloading it because it seems like <laughs> a really great cooldown game when i'm done doing racing stuff yeah uh, oh yeah it's like like i said stuff. i had uh i had a busy week and i was tired last weekend and i was just like i just need to like chill out with something and i know my partner yeah. and i were both I had the next lander stream up when when Brad was playing it. My partner and I both just like were like we like started looking at it and then like lost time because we we were just watching Brad power wash a van and it was very satisfying to watch there. So yeah, yeah. Well, all right. If that's the, I think. I, uh, Allison, mm-hmm. I also wrote, would recommend uh, tear down to you. Oh yeah. Ooh. If you're looking for a totally nice stress relief game. Because that game is uh, not as relaxing. It's Power Wash Simulator, but close. It's, it's pretty. Relaxing. It's really cool. It's, it's it's more of a puzzle, but oh, it's cool. not. Uh, it's not. It's not as you look at it and go like, "Oh, this looks like it's super challenging." Much more of a puzzle. It's not super. Uh, 
yeah. frustrating or or like um hard. Uh, cool. It's oh, much I'll more sand, check that out. Much more sandboxy. Yes. That's yeah. cool. I think you would like it. Yeah, no, I'll definitely check that out because I mean, I I don't know, like it's there's a lot of games I want to play, but I know that I'm not in a headspace to just dive into some of these more intense games like I mean, that's partially why I haven't bought Scarlet Nexus yet because I'm like I want to enjoy that story. I need to have like I need to like get further with work. Yeah. So that I sure. can just like chill I exactly out. That I, it, yeah. I was like kind of like dragging myself across the finish line to get to this vacation time. <laughs> oh yeah. Like I don't not even because I'm overworked. It just be, like not, not I know that you've experienced some like heavy heavy load Alex recently. It's less that it's more just the work that I'm doing is so exhausting. <laughs> It's like very draining. Yeah, I I think that th- that's that's the thing is that I'm not overworked. Like I'm I'm actually like th- with my current job right now, I'm actually working a lot. I haven't worked overtime yet, which has been really nice. Um, but uh, it's just mentally straining. Where where I get done with a day and I'm like I don't want to. Th- hard for a little bit so yeah, yeah so it, it's it's just like I, I, I yeah I, I'm at that point where I'm like I'm playing golf games I'm playing mobile rhythm gotcha games that I'm sp- still spending way too much time on and then also these chill kind of experiences so I'll definitely check out Teardown though I'm looking at it now on Steam and it looks good yeah, you, the flow is very much like you case a joint and look at all the different ways you're going to fuck it up. Um, and then you fuck it up. And then you fuck it up. And that's Ooh. the part that's a little more actiony is like because you're on a timer once you start fucking yeah. it up. But um, it's there's a there's you have so much time to look look around it and like figure out how you're going to deal with it first that it, it's got it's kind of got some hitman vibes in that way. <laughs> um, but mm. in a yeah. Um, more puzzle solving way and in a more sandboxy way. Uh, and when you do come up with a fun solution, that's like not the obvious one. It's like, Oh man, that's, that's, that is a, that is a good satisfying thing when you yeah. figure out a solution. That's not like the one that they say, this is the basic it's solution. So nonlinear in the way mm. that you can solve problems that it's, mm-hmm. you do that constantly where it's like, Oh, if I, Yes, I could drive the cars they've clearly laid out for me through the wall to get the to the safe. But there's also a boat over here and I can kind of position this side of the building to be a ramp if I blow it off in just the right way and then I can use the boat to send it flying through the building and it's fun. That also just reminds me of totally reliable delivery service, but in a different way. Anyways, I'd, play, I'd like to play that with yeah, that, I, I'd like to play that too, but I, 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 I need somebody to play it with. But mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Oh, and I just the thought news. of uh, and the news. All right. <laughs> I just thought of the news. I just thought of the news. Well, I just thought of. Uh, I just remembered. Uh, speaking of buying games, I have uh, pre-ordered the Danganronpa. Um, Hell yeah! Collector's edition. So I'm excited about that. Whenever I get nice. that. The, when does that come out? Is that July? Uh, uh, I don't know. If, is there a is release date? August? I thought it was supposed to be a little later, but because it's yeah. still listed as uh, 
Um, I don't oh, know. yeah. They listed as December 31st. So that right. means it doesn't yeah. have a yeah. release date. I thought I remember them saying later summer, but I could be wrong. Well, they may have, but they haven't officially dated. That's yeah. just Amazon, what Amazon's placeholder time. Yeah. Got it. Uh, I'm excited for those lithograph. to switch. That's, that's, uh, I'm, that's where I, I'm going to finally try to get through them. There's a real yeah. piece of the reason why I haven't played those games is that I feel like. I don't want to subject my partner to having them on a big screen <laughs> uh, if she's not interested in watching like high schoolers get murdered in really graphic and uncomfortable ways because <laughs> um, uh, some of those kill scenes made me a little like Ugh. Uh, and so having it on a handheld where I can just sort of put some headphones on and lay on the couch is Sounds like a good way to play. Yeah, so you can enjoy your murders in private. Yeah. Yeah. Just relax, <laughs> sit on the couch, sit back on the couch with your handheld switch and enjoy some murder video games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, the news though the... Uh, Ghost of Tsushima is getting a PS5 version with a whole expansion. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like people are psyched on that. Yeah. I. I mean, I didn't. I liked what I played of Ghost of Tsushima, but I didn't really play that much of it, to be I honest. I think it was. It was a fine game. It's not. I don't know. It's good. I thought it. <laughs> I got bored with it. Oh, me uh, too. <laughs> pretty aggressively. Um, I, 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 I played parts of it and I was just kind of like, I'm good, really, honestly. I, I didn't think the story was anything to write home about. Um, I mean, it wasn't, but. And to me, it's like, that's the thing. And I understand this is all subjective. A lot of people think the stories in Assassin's Creed games suck. I like them because I like their the like weird modern day bullshit and seeing how all of that interacts. My cat is aggressively on my lap now. Um, uh, <laughs> and uh, so that's why, like, even when the gameplay in Assassin's Creed games start to get repetitive, I'm like, oh, well, at least I get to interact with these cool characters from history that I like and stuff. And Ghost of Tsushima is certainly set in a very interesting place and period and, and stuff, but the characters are not, to me, particularly. They're all just like different shades of, I'm angry about this. I'm angry because my dad was murdered. I'm angry because my brother was murdered. I'm angry because my husband was murdered. It's just like, yeah, yeah I get because, it. We're all oh. mad people. Uh, so anyway, I don't, but I do, however... I do like to sit and look at very pretty things that my PlayStation Five outputs. So uh, I uh, I will definitely play the PS Five version, assuming you get an upgrade to it. Yeah, I think you have to pay for the upgrade. If I re- remember, depends on the price. I would pay like I think it's like twenty bucks. Yeah, I'd pay like does, twenty thirty bucks. I think does, for an upgrade. Does the PlayStation Five have a camera accessory? It does. Oh, then you should put that oh, on. Then, that. You would, then then you would see the prettiest thing. Oh, that's very sweet of you to say. But, <laughs> but I yeah, have to look at myself all the it. time. So, <laughs> Ghost of Tsushima. I know Andre was really not into it, though. Like, it's yeah. Seems like I think people are either re- very hot or like kind of cool on it. Like, I get the Days Gone thing that that critics were were cool on Days Gone, but fans were into it because that game is interesting in a lot of ways that I am, and I still want to play it because it's not all good but it's at least got a lot of interesting stuff going on. Tsushima to me was just so 
stock standard. It's like people sometimes talk about how, oh, you know, Assassin's Creed needs to get back to, need to drop the RPG part and get back to what it was. And I'm Stealth like the game. opposite because I think they wrung everything you could bring out of that they, open world stealth game. I think they thing. also hit. The, I mean, they. I feel like to, if they wanted to do that, they'd have to do something that was better than like Syndicate, which would be very which hard. Would be hard because Syndicate rips. It's really good, so, and it's <laughs> it's kind of the culmination of right. decades of them making that game. And so I think moving to RPG, more witchery stuff is like the perfect thing i think they need to do something else before too long but right but um, i think that it's yeah no i don't i don't disagree and, and i feel like ghost of Tsushima is a good riff on the syndicate style of game but it's mm. also not anything particularly new and so i don't know that i would be swayed by to finish it but i'll definitely buy the upgrade because i also want to try that co-op the co-op thing sounds really mm. fun that's like it's like you get like loot and stuff and grind up a character level and stuff in the co-op. And the thing about Sushima that is good is the combat's good. That's what I would say is the combat was the thing about it that felt kind of unique and, and actually entertaining. Um, mm-hmm. It's frustrating because I didn't love the stealth parts leading up to the combat. Um, and you spend more time in stealth, obviously, because you're setting all this stuff up. But uh, but but yeah, it it's it'll be interesting to to see how the visual update looks on PS5 because I bet it'll be pretty if they do like a performance ray tracing mode kind of like the Insomniac mm-hmm. stuff in that game oh boy be very pretty could be could be sick the next uh news item which I'm going to read exactly in the style of that's in our notes here Housemark is now a house studio for Andrew House very good yes. Alex yeah but uh, yeah, Sony is now uh, acquired Housemark, uh, who did Returnal, and I was surprised mm. they weren't a Sony studio. Yeah, they're like uh, second party. Yeah, because like, yeah, they did, like, where they're basically they did, like, like Resogun and stuff too, right? Yes. Yeah, and other like Super Stardust is that them? Mm-hmm. Yep. They did that Defender. Well, that was Resogun. Yeah. Uh, and then they did. They did a top next, down next, shooter. Next Machina? Is that the top down? Yes. No. Yes, was I think it was. Yeah. Yep. I know that like was them. Machina. Yeah. yeah I I, it's, yeah. it's just not surprising. Um, wasn't yeah, that also uh, like. Uh, especially oh, since uh, Returnal is PS5 exclusive. So it feels yeah. like it's not like. <gasps> No, like you know, they're already yeah. developing for PlayStation primarily. Yeah. And and wasn't there also some like leaked document rumor thing coming out about uh, Bluepoint? Mm, I thought maybe. I saw that this week too. Like, sounds like an, an, ac- an accidentally leaked document saying like, "Oh, Bluepoint is also now being acquired by Sony," which also is, would be the least surprising thing ever. Yeah. I agree. Cool. So I'm also going to read this next one exactly as in our uh, news document. The Withker is getting its own Pokemon style game, Go uh, style game, and that's that's The Witcher. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to do it, but that's fine. I think that could be fun. I uh, I like Pokemon Go theoretically but i'm not invested enough in pokemon to like 
actually actively play it and like seek out playing it. Um, mm. So Did- I, but I am like pretty into the Witcher as a, is like a, a setting and a thing. So yeah. I could see it driving some fun hikes to like, Hey, let's go play some months. It's my partner's favorite game series. So like, we'll yeah. definitely enjoy it. I think. Did, did you, uh, did you ever get into ingress? Mm, yeah. Ingress is weird. Ingress <laughs> was too much. <laughs> uh, I, I get the impression that this Witcher Monster Slayer thing is going to be Pokemon Go, but you kill monsters <laughs> instead of catch them, and that's it. Right. Uh, I, Ingress is right. like the PvP aspect of Ingress is is weird. Too it's bizarre. Strange. Like it's like it was people people literally like camping out and yeah. like cutting well, people's power and, kind of style. <laughs> and people camping. I bounced when my team's like message board. Someone was like, "We need someone to camp this dorm." to see when people are leaving in the middle of the night oh, to let everybody weird. know that they're going to go take the site. And I was like, I am not stalking people for a video game. No, thank you. <laughs> that is That's like some uh, Eve online shit. Yeah. And it was probably cause it was a college <laughs> town. So it was like more yeah. people did not have the best judgment, but like, I was like, I'm not going to fucking sit in the bushes and message people when I see some, some kids leaving their dorm. That's weird. Yeah. So, the Witcher is probably not going to be that. <laughs> oh, I don't think it'll be that creepy. No. Wasn't there you know, another? Wasn't there another one of these kinds of Pokemon style games that people were? Oh, there's like Potter a one. Harry Potter one, but oh right, it's too right. bad because the Harry Potter one was actually pretty interesting. But it came out like literally as all of the Rowling stuff was. Yeah, really coming so to I end. never played it because and so I, was I, like, I tried it, and then all that right. stuff was happening, and I was like, "Fuck this!" Oh, I fuck feel that. gross yeah. about engaging with this. Right. Yeah, um, that's what but it, it actually had kind of cool mechanical stuff going on that was, um, in some ways, more interesting than than Pokemon Go to me. Yeah, no, it looked yeah. it looked like an interesting game. I just didn't want to play it. Yeah, yeah. But it, the other issue with with Harry it's, Potter conceptually, Pokemon Go works so well because it's like. You're going on a hike in the woods where you would find Pokemon if you uh-huh. were in Pokemon. And then there's Pokemon there. The Harry Potter thing was weird because it was like, go to the 7-Eleven across the street and that's a classroom for you to do a class. <laughs> and it's like, eh, right. I don't know. That's not as, doesn't quite fit as well. Um, yeah. Whereas the Witcher could totally work in that same Pokemon way of like, it's- you need to go out into the woods and find monsters. Is the Witcher one being made by Niantic? I don't know. Um, I hope so. I believe yeah. the, the Harry Potter one was. It was for sure. I don't uh, see who's no making CD it. Project is making the the oh the Witcher one, which you know, mixed bag of they've have they they're ever good made at making mo- Witcher games. Have they ever? Oh made wait, a no, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. Never mind. This says the Witcher. I'm looking at the the base. I searched Witcher Monster Slayer, and what came up was the Witcher, the mm. the first oh. Witcher one. So, yeah, uh, I don't know who's making this because I was going to say if it's CD Projekt Red, I would actually be a little worried about that because like network connected stuff is pretty complicated. So if they've never done one, oof. Uh, but I don't I don't know who's making it. I don't think it's Niantic though because nowhere no. I see are people talking about that. Yeah, weird. They're probably making it and probably, I mean, they have a shitload of money, so they're probably making it and consulting with people and hiring people to do the network stuff if they're, if they are making yeah. it. Yeah. Huh. Oh, cool. <laughs> open an article and 
just a horse's decapitated head is the 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 hero image. Fuck yeah, that That's... seems like The Witcher. <laughs> You're bearing the lead here. The headline is, if it's the PC Gamer article, is it is. The Witcher Monster Slayer is like Pokemon Go, but you might find a decapitated horse in the park. <laughs> yes, that is that is correct. <laughs> Not wrong. Register for the game. It's made by Spoko S P Z O O. But like Z dot O dot O or Z dot O dot O. So I don't know what that studio is. And it seems like the only game they've made, at least on the play store so i also enjoy the sign off which is it's on google play it'll be on ios 2 and somebody will definitely get it running on pc with fake gps coordinates making everyone who's legitimately walking around the parking garage is looking for strigas angry <laughs> accurate yeah, yeah that's <laughs> not wrong all right uh next up uh, AI, the Somnium Files, Nirvana Institute has been announced. So the sequel to AI, oh, the Somnium Files. Yes. That trailer was so good. Did you watch it? No, because I, I haven't finished the first one and I don't want to be spoiled. Oh, you should watch that trailer. Just to okay, see. I wouldn't be spoiled? That, um, no, well. Or, I mean, like, if it, no. I'd be okay with it was just mildly. No, it's like, it's like one scene. Well, it might be oh. a light spoiler. But, I mean, okay. mild is fine. Light spoiler is okay. It, just watch like the first fifteen seconds, like, and don't go any further than that, and you'll mm-hmm. understand exactly why I'm wanting you to watch it. So okay. let, let's do it live. Do it now. Okay, first fifteen <laughs> seconds. Okay, and the Somnium Files. <laughs> it looks. I'm so glad that game is getting a sequel. It wholly deserves it. Okay. Uh huh. Doing a live reaction. Okay. <laughs> hey, wait. Yep. Let me play that game on Switch, please. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so oh. it, it starts with that oh. character playing 999 on a Switch, oh. basically. <laughs> But yeah. also, I'm excited for this. Uh, I still haven't finished the first one, which I'm going to go do soon. Because, but I've also pre-ordered the collector's edition. <laughs> oh, is the pre-order available? Yeah. Oh, shit. And it comes with a, if, if, like a full figure with, of yeah, Iba. Uh, of Iba. Yeah, I've been, I didn't realize it was up. I might do that too. Cause, yeah, because I was like, I was like, uh, listen, I don't know if this will. Um, like, I, I'm sure that I like. I liked what I've played of it so far. And I'm sure that I'll love it because I love um, Ichikoshi. And yeah. then also, uh, but but it's also a, a, a figure made by Good Smile who does oh, uh, yeah, right, Nendroids yeah. and Figma. Yeah. And I think this is a They're from like their pop-up parade line, which is like kind of more budget, but they're still really, really nicely made figures. Yeah, they're so still custom, I, custom made. Yeah. yeah, and they're still really but, beautiful figures. So I'm like, I'm like, that's actually like, not a bad uh, pre-order bonus or not pre-order um, collector's edition item. So I'm like, oh, I, I need to get that. So yeah, that game is really excellent. If people haven't played it, they should because it's like the most unique game 
yeah, in a long time, especially when you look at just stories and stuff that it's doing. So it's definitely rad, and I'm 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 very happy it got us. It's getting a sequel, um, Me too. and that means that it did well enough that they could do a sequel. And uh, I, yeah, let's. I'm, so, I'm just jazzed that Uchikoshi gets to do what he wants. <laughs> yeah, totally. It, especially it just, since it, I know that he they they had to fight to finish. Um, Zero Escape because uh, it basically the sales were only good overseas for that mm. apparently like for nine 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 and um, and the rest of the series so I'm like oh I'm just like happy that he's doing well yeah. because he's 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 doing unique interesting things within video games and visual novel type space so I'm just jazzed about that so I will uh, definitely finish that. Uh, this year so that next year when the sequel comes out, I'll be, I'll be hyped for it. Sick. I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts. Cause yeah. Yeah. Uh, next, uh, person who's making video games. Oh my God. I need to be better at these transitions, but it's fine. Kojima is making an Xbox game. (laughs) Yeah. And people got pissed. Uh, I don't know, man. People need to chill out, I guess. Yes. But just I, in general. I very briefly was like, okay, because of some in, in, inflection in Keeley's voice at one point, I was like, okay, maybe this is this whole blue box thing is a real thing. Like, I wasn't in a place where I was ready to tweet about it, but I was like, yeah, sure. Talked a little bit about it in our chat. And then the fact that, like, they really shut the door on it, um, and then people were mm. still being obnoxious is like, um, <laughs> like, like, just, let's just, let's just chill for five also, minutes. And, and also let's normalize. Like when you say stuff on Twitter and you have people that actually care about what you have to say, regardless of like the size of your platform, if you're like, I'm going hard on this blue box conspiracy theory, it's real. When you when when it turns out it's not, maybe say, "Hey, I was wrong." Everyone, not weird. That, it turns out it's not. Is real. that possible? <laughs> yeah, like no. Let's normalize like like being like, "Hey, I was wrong about this thing." Because the problem is, you just kind of like stir people up more when you're like, uh, when you go hard on something and then later are like, "Well, it wasn't that." And and without like kind of stopping and going like ah oh, yeah I guess we were wrong about that that's all it takes because otherwise you just continue to kind of create this like frenzy of like well maybe it's still real though they're not saying it's not they're just not saying it's not they're not saying it's 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 necessarily true anymore but they're not saying it's not true and it's just ridiculous the internet ladies and gentlemen uh, the internet it's ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, and apparently PlayStation is hard to work with. And I added the note and water is wet because I'm not exactly shocked. Yeah. Yeah. This, this was an interesting one. The way it came about. Uh, did you see the whole thing where the person, I forget who it was now that did the tweet of like company X is hard to work with. And then was like giving very explicit details about what it's like to work with company X. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't see that, but. Uh, yeah. They were giving details on like, um, how it works in terms of 
uh, what games get promoted and floated to the top of the store and how if you are an indie game or whatever and you want your game promoted, like you have to pay Sony like $20,000 to have it show up any higher than just like in their new releases thing for like a day. I would... I... I think it's interesting that this is not the case apparently with like Microsoft. I mean, I guess if they're like as someone who works for a storefront, we don't charge brands to be on the storefront front page, but you absolutely have to like, we're not just going to put your shit there because we think it's cool. <laughs> it is a business. Like I think right. it's, yeah. I'm not defending Sony's behavior because it sounds like they're very difficult to work with, but it's more like I'm not at all surprised. And I'm I, what I'm surprised at is that someone else was surprised at it being them being so shitty to work with because I would assume that they, the only place that doesn't kind of treat you like shit if you're an indie would be like itch. Um, I would assume pretty much every other storefront is bad <laughs> for you. Yeah. Uh, because uh, they're looking to make the, all they care about is making money. Yeah. I found mm-hmm. the thread. Sorry. They called it platform X, not company X. Uh, I can make sure to link it in the document and I'll link it in our chat. But yeah, it talks about how platform X gives developers no ability to manage their games. Like if you do want any form of promotion, you have to basically beg them and like jump through a billion hoops. Um, and other people were saying um, that working with Sony versus working with Microsoft versus working with Nintendo, like Sony was making up maybe 5% of their total sales and stuff like that, but it was taking up like 100% of their time because they were just so chaotic and bad to work with. There, uh, I've shared some links in our chat that you can check out if you want some more context, but uh, I'll make sure that both, both of what I'm looking at are in our document. Or in our uh, show notes. Oh, those are actually the exact same link. Sorry. Yeah, and from what I've seen, uh, from what I've seen, people report about where it's like, "Hey, it's you know, the yeah, Sony is not great for selling indies, but then also it's uh, a, a lot more difficult to deal with than Microsoft or Nintendo or Steam or anything." But yeah, it's it's they're very interesting reads. Um, and I think especially if you are doing any form of development, it's worth knowing because like this I mean, is kind of the behind the behind the closed doors kind of stuff. As I mean, the, the reason I said water is wet is because it's like you see indie deve- developers like watching the wholesome direct and all of them were universally like it's going to be on PC for sure. Nintendo, maybe Xbox and maybe switch. And like yeah. see if anything was listed as being on PlayStation and that was like. That was a surprise because it's that that's what that was just relatively unusual. And it's like I under I don't know, it's I don't want to have to buy a, a an Xbox, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's it's it, it just just does not seem like Sony cares that much about making PlayStation a viable indie. Which uh thing which is weird and i think i think we've talked about this a couple times over the past couple years at this point where indie or sorry sony seemed like they were you know 
catering and like trying to get the indies on board for a long time. Yeah. Just over the past couple of years, it feels like Sony's kind of been losing touch with. Well, I think the problem with from a business perspective, and I think it's bullshit, but from a business perspective, the problem with it is they have to find. There are so many indie games and. So it would take them a lot of time and probably need an entire team of people to actually figure out which ones are good and then promote those specifically rather than just like promote, like roll the dice and hope that something's going to hit. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that there is an element of difficulty in managing indies, and I can see a, a develop, uh, see a platform holder just not wanting to bother <laughs> if, like, because there's but, just so many, and there's but, so yeah, it's like it's such it's it's got to be such a it's a big, very crowded market. It um, is, and I and it's not necessarily to make an excuse, but it's like that's very it, it is a very crowded market and a very difficult market I, to, I'd imagine to deal with. It's hard but, to find the like. Like it's easy to roll the dice on Super Giant, you know. Um, like, right? But, like there but, are certain indie developers, but then, but then you're getting to the point where that's um, specific indie developers are getting that priority. And, and if you're a new I, developer, you don't. But at the same time, you get it because also it's, well, it's just hard. One thing that I I do wonder, and I don't know, so I'm not making an assumption here, really is like that Twitter thread from that one developer who said it was really hard to work with them. I do wonder how much of that, I don't know what their game was or what the size of their team was or what, or anything, but I do wonder how much of that is maybe people just didn't, the the people they were working with at Sony were like, this game's not going to do very well. We're not really into it. So we're not going to, give them the treatment that we would give a team that we were excited about their thing. Oh yeah. But um, there was a lot of developers that chimed in echoing it. Like I think even, well, uh, there's so many developers though, you know, Yeah, but like, I think even Rami was chiming in saying like, yep, this is all hundred percent true from our experience. And yeah. just things like big, like names you would recognize chiming in and being like, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So uh, like it sucks. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess I just don't know. To me, like itch is the way I've struggled to articulate this because I don't want to come off as like indie games that aren't deserving of something because that's ridiculous and not what I think at all. Um, But sort of to Allison's point, there's like thousands of indie games coming out. And how do you treat all of them, give them all equal airtime and treat them all equally when there's just not enough time in the day? You can't have a thousand front, front front page store slots. They're, Sony's doing it wrong, to be clear. Like they're doing it right. Worse than they're doing they it should. wrong, but it's, it's um, but it's definitely but it's not an interesting problem an to solve. Easy, like, it, yeah, it's definitely a problem. It's not like oh, they're clearly doing this wrong, and here is the easy solution for storefronts because it's like I, the it's not like the um, well, like Steam does it well. Like Steam is great, like as a storefront it, or Switch mostly is mostly algorithmic great. on Steam. Yeah. Steam? Steam fucking sucks for new yes. releases. Yeah, though. so it's like yep. I, on the one hand, I understand. I, I I don't think they're doing well, but at the same uh, PlayStation, but at the same time, it is definitely a problem of okay, we have uh, I don't know. It's a challenge to figure it's, out. It's, how to get, it's a, yeah, make it work for everybody in a way that's um, supportive of 
different projects. Uh, and I do wonder, as someone who's not a developer, I mean, everybody wants each other to do well, but I do wonder if like it would be hard, how it would feel to be like, well, we've got this five person, 10 person team. We work really hard on this game. And then like through something a little more equitable, like um, your game gets misses, doesn't get a slot because of five nights at Freddy's or something <laughs> like mm-hmm. also an indie game that maybe doesn't have the same degree of, of like charm or care put into it in terms of like art design and stuff as your game. And then you have to like watch your slot evaporate to that. And like the solution isn't just to charge people for them because then only the people who have money get representation. But I don't know. It's such it's, a weird, it's hard. Yeah. I don't know if there's an easy solution. There is definitely than, isn't. Other than having manpower, you know, like ha- having people curate and take the time to look at stuff. But yeah, which but I which guess, is I think I think the ideal situation, but at the same time, it's like that's an expensive one. And also, yeah. the way that I curate a list of a hundred indie games to feature in a tab on the PlayStation Store is going to be different than the way both of you do it. Right. Know? Exactly. Like, like, like you might, I might look at something like, um. My my store may be made up of things like Dusk and Proteus and Gloomwood from Indies, and um, that may not actually be fair to not as an intentional thing. But if I have to make a list of 100 games, it may not be fair to other developers who also are just as valid. And then, like, how do you square that circle? And then, do you make it a democratic process where you have a team of people with different tastes curating things? Okay, but then you still will run into games that deserve the recognition not getting it because mm-hmm. there's not enough room to do it I, I think the way that it would it would the best way to make it work would be you dedicate a section of the store to indie games and you have someone aggressively watching what games need the boost and moving stuff around there constantly <laughs> to try to get eyes on stuff um but I don't know if that's really a great solution either. And Sony doesn't give a fuck. The other thing is that Sony doesn't give a fuck. They don't care about you. They don't care about people's games. Right. They, they just care, care about, about the bottom line. They only care about money. Yeah. <laughs> there are people at Sony who may care about these things. But Sony as a company only exists to make as much money as possible. There is no purpose for a corporation to exist other than to make money. So uh, any any solution we or anyone else could come up with isn't going to work for them unless it makes them more money and as it stands it probably makes them more money to charge a shitload for promotional slots uh yeah so but yeah i think it's a combination of the fact that that is the state of the industry for sony side of things you have to pay twenty thousand two hundred thousand etc to get promoted but also the fact that sony is hard to work with. They're not particularly communicative. They're uh, apparently standoffish, a little bit rude, just, you know, like, yeah. So it it is, it is a combination of, yeah, it sucks. The promotion aspect, but also the fact that they just suck. (laughs) So it's, yeah, not surprising. uh, Yeah. So it, it blows. It sure does. 
All right, and after, moving on. After two years of support and DLC, NetherRealms is moving off of Mortal Kombat 11 and onto a new project. Uh, I didn't play Mortal Kombat 11, but did you guys... Um, yeah, it was Do you awesome. think that this is pretty much like they've, they've gotten what content they need or... Yeah, they did a lot of work on that game. Um, like, it had a ton of, of post-release support. I mean, NetherRealms is generally pretty good at that, but... Uh, MK11 in particular has had has just seen a ton, uh, constant balance changes, balance changes, and like character updates and stuff like that. Um, I think the rumor for Nether Realms right now is there. Uh, are they like is aren't hasn't haven't people been thinking they're going to do a Marvel game of some form? Maybe. At least Ed uh, Boon has kind of played that up a little bit he's, too. I don't. I wouldn't. Yes, he has played it up. Ed Boon, it'd be, I it'd think, be cool. loves to troll. <laughs> he does. He does. But, like, I think NetherRealm is a studio that I would love to see do a Marvel thing. Like, even as someone who doesn't care about Marvel. Like, they would be a fascinating studio for that. Yeah, no, that'd so, be interesting. Yeah. Looking forward to whatever they're doing. Yeah. Uh, all right, next is Control is getting a four-player uh, player versus enemy PvE game for Remedy. How do we feel about this? Yeah. Eh. I mean. I mean, I know how you feel about uh, Control Alex, but we're, but like, we're very familiar. We are but extremely. Like, even if I was super into Control, I don't know if that's the ideal way to play that kind of game. Because like the interesting thing about that game, I guess, was like, uh, what was the main character's name? Uh, Jesse. Whatever. Uh, Jesse Fadden, yeah. Yeah. Fadden, yeah. Like her. It, it was just kind of like her weird take on the world and just her like nonchalant everything, but like, and like the kind of pseudo horror y kind of stuff that was going on and her interacting with that was kind of the, you know, that was part of the atmosphere and the appeal. I don't know if having four player co op benefits it. So but. I guess the thing that I, the thought I had when this, came out is I don't get the impression that that uh, they're getting pushed, that that team is getting pushed to make anything in particular. Like Remedy seems to kind of have the freedom to make the things they want. Yeah. And so I don't think they'd make this unless they had an idea that they thought was interesting. Um, like I don't get the impression that it's like an EA situation where it's like you better fucking put co-op in Mass Effect because if you don't put co-op in Mass Effect, we can't sell loot boxes. Um, I don't mm. read it that way. It's not that, I mean, the co-op in Mass Effect is good, but uh, but it, I read it more as like they must have had some weird idea that they want to try out here. Um, so with that in mind, I mean, as a fan of that game, I'm interested to see what it is. I don't, it may not be as good, may not be great, but I'm sure, take your shot. But apparently there's also some other bigger single-player uh, control thing in the works also. Hopefully when they say that, what they mean is there's another Remedy-verse game coming, you know? <laughs> mm. I hope that what that means is we're making another Avengers movie, you know? Like, like in the sense that they cross the streams enough with with the with Alan Wake that... I hope that that 
that's represented in in the future of the control series and that it's more like we're just doing a we have a weird universe where everything interacts Uh, the last piece of news is, is it's, we're ending it on a sad note um, that the uh, author of some emulators and who's done a lot of really great work, especially at, from what I know with um, SNES uh, emulation uh, near um, has passed away. And it's just it's very yeah much a bummer. We touched on it a little bit, but I would definitely say go listen to that Waypoint episode and um, that's there's an angle of this that is um, very harassment driven and very um, large component. Yeah. yeah the, that's what it looks like. And people who do, I mean, obviously we know they're scum, but it is, um, you know, if you listen to this podcast and you're somebody who harasses people in this way, I would love it if you would just unsubscribe and fuck off forever. Like yep. you, I, I think those people, um deserve the worst uh and it's it's um disgusting that that anyone would waste their time treating other people like that um i can't imagine that doing that kind of thing to even the kind of people that i deride um and so it's pathetic that that's that that's a way that people spend their time uh so yeah uh it's awful that this stuff happens and you can make, you can help it happen less if you just try to be a force in your communities to stop that kind of harassment and call it out when you see it and mm-hmm. make sure that people know that it's wrong. And, and um, doesn't matter whether you think you don't have an impact or not, just putting that on people is, is awful. Uh, mm-hmm. Even if you don't think they could see it. Absolutely. Well, I think that's going to do it for this uh, week's episode of Gaming Fix. Uh, ending on kind of a bummer note, but be be kind to each other, please. Um, yep. yep. That that that's. I think if if there's anything I want to get out there is just as as a person and as a content creator is just be kind to people. So. And even when you don't like something about like. I disagree with lots of people and lots of people make me angry. And sometimes I say mean things to people or about people. But when you start to make it about somebody's identity and who they are as a person and not their beliefs or ways in which you might disagree, that's when you need to. And when it goes from, and and when it goes from, you know, disagreeing with someone or disliking someone to harassment or, bullying that's yep. when it gets that's you know there 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 are people that have frustrated me and i mean it's like you, you, that's part of being human but you have to you know take a step back and everything so um yeah, like yeah. there is a significant yeah. difference between having a disagreement or not aligning in views and then going out and actively doxing people or right um like finding ways to affect them in their real everyday lives and their families and things like that. Like that there is a significant difference there. Absolutely. All right. So ending on that note, um, you can find us on Twitter at fix podcasts <laughs> and also at fix.space. Subscribe. I promise that most of our podcasts end on a list on a more cheery note, but I think that's that these are important things to say. Um, hmm. 
Pat, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at PJC Plays, and next week you can find me not on the podcast because I'm going to be driving around uh, virtual Le Mans for Ooh. six of a 24-hour team drive. That's still pretty. Still pretty. My stints are like my stints are like I drive for two hours, somebody else drives for two hours, I drive for two hours, somebody else drives for two hours, and then I drive for two more hours again. So it's not even like they're spread out like. I drive at like 6 a.m. and then at noon and then at 6 p.m. It's like mm-hmm. I'm driving at like 10 a.m., 2 p.m., and 4 p.m. <laughs> or 6 p.m. Uh, and it'll also be fun because while it will be daytime in real life, all of my stints are while it's nighttime in <laughs> the simulation. So I'm going to be looking at a lot of headlights or taillights. If you're looking at I'm headlights, drive the correct direction. <laughs> that's. That seems like there might be a problem. Although we are driving the slowest class of car, so I'm going to get passed by a lot of uh, by a lot of cars. All right, Alex, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me watching the classic 1999 movie The Mummy shortly after this podcast. Um, and then you should, Allison, you should watch Vivi. Oh my god, Vivi. I need to watch Vivi. I need to watch Odd Taxi. Yeah. I need to... 86 also ended oh. very well. But anyways. Anyways. Yeah. The mummy. Anyways, the mummy. <laughs> All right. Well, you can find me on Twitter at W-R-I-T-E-R-S-E-R-E-N-Y-T-Y. And you can find me playing my gotcha game bullshit after this. So. Oh, yeah. All right. Have fun. Bye, guys. Good luck. Enjoy your week. Yes. <laughs> have a fun That's week everybody. bye In, yeah yeah Dude, have a good play, one watch a movie play some video games read a book go be nice to yourself yeah drink a soda I don't know That's. I didn't want to say drink a beer because not everybody drinks, drinks. If you yeah. if you drink alcohol drink one responsibly have or get your, eat some food you like or something. Yeah. Do get your nice pets. Just be, be nice neutered. to yourself and you you should definitely get your pets spayed and <laughs> and or neutered. Brush uh, your teeth. Uh, these floss. aren't fun things. This isn't this is like necessary things though. Oh, okay. Well, brush your teeth while furiously dabbing. Oh, oh, that is fun. Okay. Oh, yeah, I have okay. a, or yeah. or in the shower. Just if you dab furiously the in the shower, you're gonna smack your hands on the walls. Or you're gonna fall them. over. Or you're gonna you... fall over and damage <laughs> your your tailbone. Yeah. It's worth it. Okay. Okay. Uh, bye. <laughs> please send a non a, a send a video of yourself furiously dabbing with a swimsuit on in the shower. Not listeners, Alex, do that. Oh. All right. Oh. Sure. Post no it problem. on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. Okay, bye. bye, everybody. Bye, folks. <laughs>